fuck it's oh, recording there here we go okay cool yeah and she, yeah she can always yeah cut, cut the part where i'm cussing at the very beginning yeah <laughs> like fuck it's working <laughs> this is a podcast yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> um all right everyone welcome to 12 questions this is jared and special co-host Cosmo. Cosmo is here. Because Hello. Anna and Alex are busy doing career stuff. Also, Anna's not invited to this episode because we're interviewing her lovely boyfriend, Stuart. Hey. Is that how you'd like to identify? Sure. You're not in any kind of program, so you don't really no, care, do you? I am not in recovery. I yeah. admire those who are able to keep to uh, a recovery program. Uh, and having, And I, I've learned a lot more about the world of recovery having uh you know been in a relationship with anna yeah for the last i'm sure years. yeah because she's not shy about you know talking no, about it not in the least <laughs> she, is, she is very she adheres uh very strictly to her recovery and she cares a lot about it yeah i'm not saying other people don't i'm just saying my experience with her is she's right. very she's very into it yeah. i mean she has a whole podcast about it yeah yeah from what i hear so but as her boyfriend i would imagine you have a very anna-centric do you have do you have other friends in recovery or friends through Anna or Yeah, I mean I, I do have friends through Anna. I mean that's how I met Jared. Um, yep. and and then that's how I met you Cosmos. So I mean, yes, I do have, you know, know some of her friends that are in recovery and having I will say that being before I got into comedy, I was not uh, I I wasn't as familiar with people in recovery uh, because I mean, alcoholism is specifically is something that does play a factor in my family but it plays a factor with more of the older generation okay. like yeah. uh like my grandparents generation got it sure. she like, didn't like have it firsthand like. no not not really and my and my grandparents are of the like have you ever watched mad men yeah yeah so my grandpa is essentially like he's he's not don draper to a t but he's of that era like he was he was the don draper age when you know that was at yeah. its pinnacle. Cocktail hour. Yeah, and, cocktail hour. Yeah. You know, social drinking was just part of the deal. And yeah. I think as my, you know, my grandpa's ninety-two now, and I think as he was entering even his eighties, he I would see him slip something into his morning coffee. Oh, um, yeah. But I mean, we also, you know, when my grandpa was eighty, we kind of gave him, you know, just this unwritten, unsaid, free reign, where it's like he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, a burden on the family, and he right. wasn't going wild. He just. He might put whiskey yeah. in his morning coffee. So that was <laughs> yeah. just... He's old. He's not bothering anybody. Yeah, it was like, he's lived a good life. Let him take the edge off. Yeah, if he... You know, if he dies now, he's we've we've got we got a good run out of him. Yeah. So yeah, if he dies goes for the now, next it's years. your guys' fault for not stopping him drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's um, that's that's a boundary issue on our part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, egg on our faces. Yeah, um, sorry, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, it's because I think because we don't have the experience with it, I think we just did, you know. And plus, if it's not a huge like major issue in the family, like you're not gonna. No, it make was a big deal out of it. If, unless he's like, you know, shitting his pants and throwing rocks through the windows. Yeah, he wasn't wreaking havoc in the family structure. No, not yeah. no. And yeah, the, there. I don't know if there. I think there was one member of the family who I wasn't close with. Who it was like my it was like my mom's cousin who she's not in contact with all the time. And it may be because he had substance abuse issues, but I think we just weren't close with that part of the family. I knew my great aunt well she was alive but her son who was dealing with issues I, I, I didn't get the full story yeah I only saw him at maybe one or two family gatherings but he he would just kind of like sit in the family room and watch TV he wasn't very social yeah. so I don't know 
Yeah, I just think there was no, there was never an intervention yeah. with like a family member, <laughs> or even, or even you know, high school or college friends yet. I just maybe I got luck. You know, I I don't want to say lucky because I mean the people I know in recovery are wonderful people too. I just didn't get that experience. Yeah. So well, also like attracts like too. So like if you're not experience, if you're not experiencing addiction in that way, you're you're probably gonna invite friends in your life or find friends in your life that also may not be addicts right. or alcoholics. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I, I think it wasn't until I got this obsession for performing in front of strangers that I met other people who had a similar obsession. And yeah. and that can bleed over into other things for some people. Uh-huh. Especially yeah. in that, well, yeah, in that. I've field. met a lot of drunk comics. Yeah, yeah. There's like, I think most a lot of comics I think that I've taken comic- to meetings. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm allowed to t- tell other people about. But I've gotten those like texts, like, "Here you go to a meeting, man." I'm like, "Sure, okay, yeah." Uh, yeah. I mean, it's better that that someone's if someone needs that that they are you know, voicing it even in text. Yeah, no, it's it's good to, to reach that. out. Could help if you want it. Yeah, it. but it, you know, we really—I really got the full scope of it once I met Anna and started dating her. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. <laughs> Should we jump into the questions? Sure, uh, unless you need uh, any more background uh, about my. No, I would like your social security number. Uh, I will—I won't give you that, but I will give you my blood type. More, oh, that's yeah. okay. What is your blood type? A positive. No, I actually—that's I, very funny. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, only from a that was you know that that's that's the only letter my parents wanted from me as far as grades were mm-hmm. concerned. Um, but no, I I don't think I actually know my blood type, and I, the reason I'll, I'll tell you why. <laughs> yeah, it's because I w- went to donate blood in high school. We had they had like a blood drive and mm-hmm. in the gym, and they had these you know gym mats as partitions in between the stations. And this guy took me in, and he was taking my blood, and he said, "Hey, if you're type." You want me to test to see if you're type A blood type? Uh, because um, if you are, we'll filter it through this machine, and it could be more helpful as far as you know, getting you know blood to people who need it. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But um, I hadn't eaten much that day, mm. and yes. so I was a little dehydrated, and he had to prick my finger and and draw the blood out mm-hmm. that way to get a sample. And he because I was dehydrated, my blood wasn't moving quite that quickly, and he really had to squeeze... You had to put pressure on my finger, which is, right. it's already uncomfortable. And I'm not great with, with needles. I'm trying to be, you know, a good person and be a part of this, you know, this world of people who get blood. I have the opportunity. Why not do it? But I don't like, I don't like any of this experience. And so I'm starting to get lightheaded and I, I tell him this and this guy, I, I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm six two. The guy who's taking my blood was about the same size as me. It's a narrow station that we're in so he gets he's like we got to get you on the ground uh to lie down and he knocks over one of the gym mat partitions in the act of lying me down so it caused this whole scene right (laughs) at the blood drive and then people are texting me later that day is like hey man i heard you had a fit giving blood like oh come on (laughs) so i so I never actually gave blood, let alone found <laughs> yeah. out my, oh, my blood man. type. Big mystery. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I've been to the doctor. They, I'm sure they've got it <laughs> somewhere. Right. Somewhere just, on a chart. I should I just ask at my next appointment. Like, hey, what am I? <laughs> yeah. Do you know your blood type, Cosmo? I'm AB positive. Yeah. I'm A positive. Okay. There you go. Yeah. AB positive. That's that sounds like a rare one. That's rare. But, but right? you can but you can get blood from anybody. Uh, yeah. I think I am the universal receiver. That's pretty cool. I think O negatives. It, either O negative or O positive is the universal donor. Yeah. Something like that. You can give to anybody. Yeah. Um, we um, gotta we gotta find those people. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Um, I was having all these weird symptoms as a kid and like i had to figure out what i was allergic to sure I just assume so when got i got my allergy test done they drew the blood and like they figured out which type it was and okay that's when i found out yeah they t- they've taken enough of my blood from the over the years i deserve answers yeah yeah totally yeah you better storm into your doctor's yeah. office where is my minority report yeah. <laughs> good one. yeah this Obamacare's got to give me something, right? <laughs> How is the Obamacare working out? Uh, so it's so, still far, like so far, this? it's been okay. I've I've had to, I've had things that have gone wonky. I've had to change providers um, in the lot. Like it's only been a couple of years, but yeah. I've had to change providers a couple of times only because, like, you know, because they changed the rates and you know, different right. providers leave and come in, and so that's been annoying. But overall, it's been okay lately yeah like this this year's been quiet (laughs) it's great solid yeah um yeah and i mean in in most of my friends who've had it have have actually done pretty well with it even if they've had issues like allergies or you know anna had a surgery and she was on it yeah that, that worked pretty well i find i i just have issues with the actual insurance company than the way i like through a bottle as opposed to getting it from some sort of program, it's the actual yeah. company itself that I have issues with. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But no, Obamacare work, like it's worked for me. Too, no, so. yeah, they're 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 criminal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so what do you have? Uh, what do you want to know from me? Oh, uh, first question. Okay. <laughs> what does surrender look like to you? Surrender. Okay. Um, like, are you talking about like just like a physical manifestation of surrender? Yeah, well, like in the program sense of the word, um, the first step is sort of like the surrendering step where you admit yeah. that you have a problem and your right. life is unmanageable. That's like the first step. So surrender in the sense that like maybe like how do you f- seek acceptance in your life? How do you like do you accept things for how they are? Are you trying to control things? Like that kind of thing. It's weird. I, I can I can accept certain things that I feel like other people can't accept, and I ha- there are certain things that I have serious trouble letting go of. Um, I think I I feel like I get caught up in the nitty gritty of you know very small details. Mm-hmm. Like I I had to like Anna just moved into uh, you know what is now our apartment, right? And yeah. I I had to. I had to accept certain things that you know, just seem very basic. Like I, I had to accept that I don't really know how to clean things properly. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've kind of lived. This, this is the first significant other, other I've ever lived with, and it's only been a f- you know a few days. But like I've, I've lived a bachelor ass bachelor existence. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Me too. Pretty much my whole life. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like my parents even told me how to clean. Like I think whenever I faltered in my cleaning been a ability since birth. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> bachelor as baby. Yeah. And I was like, you don't care about anybody, baby. <laughs> bachelor baby. That's what the staff is for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we weren't we weren't always living well as a family, but like 
I think when I was reaching that like critical moment of like, hey, you should learn some life skills, right. like how to clean. I think that's when we started being able to afford like a cleaning lady right. to come by, hmm. uh, to come by our home, um, which is a lovely way to live. And yeah. kudos to anyone who can. Uh, but I probably could have used some just like hands on like mom son time or even dad son time of just like, hey, this is what you got to do. Right. Um, this but, is how you clean a bathroom. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like this is, you got to actually like it's almost as like you have to actually scrub until you <laughs> see this color. See this color? Yeah. I need to see this. Here's the swatch. <laughs> like I I I could really could have used that. Yeah. But I, I imagine Anna's doing that like right now though. Uh-huh. For you? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I did it. I, I, no, I mean telling you how to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. no, not doing it for you. No, 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 no <laughs> a lot yeah. of learning. Going on. Yeah, no, but the, it's so the it was a I had to really learn how to, you know, get the apartment to an appropriate level of cleanliness. Right. Mm. So that's uh that those and but I and it's just something and I should have just been able in hindsight I, I could have just been like hey I know I don't know how to do this. Let's learn how. Yeah. But I feel like it's my mind will tell me it's something I you should know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And I deal with it and I deal with this on a personal level where it's like I I grew up sort of being aware of how intelligent I was and I and I was sort of like top of my class most mm-hmm. of the time and so uh, eventually when you when you've lived that way for long enough where people sort of expect a certain level of intelligence and ability out of you you kind of expect that out of yourself. You, I, I would sort of see that. It was like, okay, well, I should know how to do things. I'm a very quick learner, but some, but with some basic things, I, I just sort of expect that I should know when really I should give myself a break. And right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, just accept. No it. one showed you. What does you. that look like then? If you, when you come upon, when you come upon something that uh, you don't know and you have to learn at this point in your life, how do you feel like you go with that? If I feel like I should know it. Um, I, it's, it, it, it starts out with frustration, um, some trial and error. And if I, and if I still can't figure it out, um, I, and I am able to keep myself from spiraling, you know, downward mm-hmm. into like, I'm a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you don't know anything. Like if you can't do this, well, who's to say you can do anything then it's usually there's some you know there's a brief time where i can you know sort of like step back and then sigh heavily and then be like all right well let's watch a youtube tutorial like yeah. that's <laughs> right that it, it, right. that's usually how how it goes but with with some things i can i can that are lofty i can accept them mm-hmm. like i can like i have no issue with death like I don't, like I don't. It doesn't bother me. I didn't grow up religious. I I don't I don't know what happens. I don't. Re- I mean, there's not. I, it's out of my control. Right. When when something's like that lofty and out of my control, like things that are just like, sort of, where it makes me feel infinitesimally small, like I can really accept that. And I think it. I I trace it back to the first time I went skydiving. I went skydiving when I was twenty, when mm. I was in college, mm-hmm. and I went with some friends and. We all jumped out of a plane in Lodi, California, the middle of the state, <laughs> just over a bunch of wheat fields, and uh, we. And as soon as I was really nervous leading up to it, because I'm like, "What could happen?" And I and I I used to worry a lot as a kid, like, "What could possibly happen to me if something doesn't go right?" Uh, but 
when I jumped out of the plane with this person attached to my back, there was literally nothing I could do. Right. Yeah. So why worry? And so it became it became this really freeing moment. So with things that are much more big picture, I can really let go and not worry about it as much. I, I if someone dies who I, I care about, I will miss them, sure. Yeah. Um, and it makes me sad if I know that someone's on the decline. Like my grandma was was sick. She mm-hmm. she had they found that she had colon cancer. Wow. Uh, but she had surgery uh, a couple weeks ago. And it appears they got all of it out. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And my grandma's 90. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> like, like, she's lived a great life. She smoked for 40 years, and she's still in pretty good health. Like, <laughs> it's I should cra- take a page out of her. <laughs> yeah. Start smoking again. Yeah, I know. i got to pick that yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, she's got some of that... Gr- she breathed some of that rarefied depression air. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> That's it. And uh, she... You know, she, that might be some elixir of life for her. But, mm. yeah, she... That you, know, she, I was sad to hear that she ha- was. They found you know, you know, a tumor inside her. But they cut out a piece of her colon and took out some of her lymph nodes and appears it didn't spread. So you know, it's looking pretty good. She's just got to recover from a surgery, which is pretty incredible. So yeah, for ninety too. And my grandma was super zen about it too. She she even joked with my mom, who was not in a, a good way, because it's her mom. Right. But like my my grandma was like, I knew something was gonna get me. Yeah. <laughs> so I I try to take a page out of people's books when when that kind of stuff comes up. But with details, if I have the yeah. ability to control it, you know, there's a part of me that's gonna want to try to control it. Right. So it's pretty that, natural. That, yeah, that's totally natural. But sitting from my like hearing that is really profound because like i've had to like learn the distinction sure of like what is in my control and what's not because for a long time that was a very confused uh piece of my life that i just didn't get yeah yeah totally so it's cool to hear i i i I am getting better you know in spurts with the day-to-day stuff but i still yell at people in my car when, yeah <laughs> when we're in la you know yeah <laughs> it's gonna happen I, traffic's a monster yeah i yell at people everywhere just like it's just like what are you an idiot <laughs> just, like, just I, I i i don't know why i can't cut people a break with that it's like i it, in moments later i'll be like well they're probably just having a bad day yeah it's like um but yeah there's a part of me that's just like no mercy with people. <laughs> no mercy. <laughs> no excuse. I, I want to see that side uh, of Stuart. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Do I want to see that side? I, I mean, I don't like. I don't like showing it. <laughs> I really don't. Because okay. um, it, it's not fair. Yeah. And I, 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 I get a, do- a dose of empathy every time. Yeah, I do comedy, but I mean, my day gig is I, I tutor students, and these are students that you know. Yeah, preteens, teenagers that are that genuinely have trouble understanding a topic, and I don't, I don't, I don't say what are you an idiot to them, right? <laughs> Do you I'm, think it though? Um, I I get I get bummed out when they show no initiative. Mm, sure, but I also know you can't. I can't teach that to them. I can I can raise the stakes sometimes, but that's usually raised by their teachers. Like, hey, you got a D right now. Right. What are you going to do about it? And sometimes they they rise to the occasion and sometimes they don't. Um, sometimes with test scores, like if they're trying to take a standardized test, like I, I've, um, I have 
some students that have taken you know like the SAT or the ACT multiple times and they're trying to get a higher score and they just can't and it's do you ever feel guilt or responsibility around that um I used to but I remember I'm trying to be a comedian (laughs) (laughs) so you're like whatever so I'm just like nah this is on you yeah (laughs) I'm gonna do my best but only during the hour that we're working. Yeah, together. there's only so much stake you have. Yeah, that. I yeah. don't. I'm, it's not my kid. It's not my life. Totally. Um, I made it. So can you. Like it's. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's and, possible. Yeah. And and also like having gone through the whole process of taking tests and really being academically rigorous. You know, I didn't want to be a comedian. You know, super young. I mean, I kind of did, but I didn't know you could. But I didn't realize I wanted to be a comedian until after I'd gone through that and gotten into a good college and start and tried something else and failed at it. What so, was that? So I wanted to be an, when I, I so I got into college, I went to UC Berkeley and I wanted to be an economist. Oh, okay. I wanted to be a financial advisor. Because my family is no one in my family is entertainment. The only people who are now are my cousin who's a year and a half older than I am. Yeah. And me. So like I yeah, everyone in my family is either like an academic or they're in business. Right. And that my my parents were both, you know, business people. My mom's in banking, my my dad's uh was always in sales. So like that's the world I knew. Yeah. And so I figured like, well, I'll just I'll tell people what to do with their money. That's that'll probably make a decent living and Yeah. That's kind of I mean, it's a good living. Yeah. So I <laughs> I just tried you know, I tried it, and I I, la- I love the information. I, I think everyone should know a little bit about economics for their life. Yeah, just to understand basic. Everyone should take money a per- is affects everybody, and yeah, should- everyone should take a personal finance class. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, I, that was that That's was a- not a requirement in high school. <clears throat> That's like kind of it should be. Yeah, it totally yeah. should be. I took it. I took a two credit class the last semester of college, and. On personal finance, and it was the best class I ever took. Oh, I'm sure. We only met two hours a week, one day a week, and it was, it was more than. You learn how to budget and. Yeah, when to buy a car, financing. Yeah, all all, stuff, taxes, all of it, and so I, I took what I could from it, but I had to make some serious changes. I started doing. I tried open mics my first year of college, and I was like, oh, this is way better, and I, I, I like that. This thing I love, comedy is so accessible. Yeah, but so I I made this you know huge switch, and I kind of realized you know having seen other people's experiences going to college or even not going to college, that people, no matter what you do, no matter how you do things, there's still a way for you to be happy, and there's still a way for you to make a living. You know, there are certain windows that are opened or closed you know, depending on what you do, but it's not like everything is cut off to you. Right. I was kind of made to led to believe that, you know, if I didn't get the highest grades possible, that a lot of opportunities would be not available. Hmm. So it created this sort of expectations. Like you either, you either succeed a hundred percent or you fail. It kind of created a binary system for me. Right. When it's like a very wide spectrum of, yeah. Yeah. results and options so like on the 100 scale yeah so when, <laughs> yeah pretty much so when life I, is past fail cosmo <laughs> nope i, I mean I, I deny that <laughs> no and and and, 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 it's, and it isn't true it's yeah. not true at all yeah. 
Um, unless you take pass fail class, in which case then you gotta yeah, you, gotta, you gotta wrestle with that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Just go, just show up, you'll pass. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I I try to impart a little bit of that knowledge to the students I work with, where I say, hey, you know, listen, you know, it's gonna be okay, but like, you still gotta give it your best effort. Yeah, that because that's the that's the teachable moment, and I think. Um, you know, a lot of these kids are really overprogrammed. They they do a lot of extracurriculars. I'm just, I'm one hour in the you know, eighty to a hundred hours that they're up. Right. And they do a lot in that time that they're awake. You know, they they've got you know on top of school stuff. School stuff. They've got sports. They some of them do debates. Some of them do, you know, like some college art, applications. Art. Stuff. Some of them dance. You know, they're. College applications, high school applications, middle school applications. Middle, eh, that's crazy. It's insane. Just go to public school, you'll be fine. Well, if you if you want to go to a private school, oh, yeah, private school, yeah. Mm-hmm. Duh, yeah, totally, yeah. So, no, I mean it's it's Good you don't mom. know until you're you're around it. Yeah, so, for sure. So I, I try to cut them a little bit of slack, and I also try to you know manage parents' expectations, and most of them are pretty reasonable because they they know their kids better than I do. I went to one year of private school. How was it? I don't remember. I was six. Oh, and yeah. then my mom started drinking heavily, and that was the end of private school. <laughs> there you go. But like the That's private the school budget went to uh, went to rum. It's funny because Kyle <laughs> yeah. ended up working at that private school like way later. Oh, uh, really? In, in Simi Valley, yeah. Oh, wow. Which is kind of funny. Let's go. Yeah, that's... Phoenix Ranch. Let's do it. Yeah. I-, I wanted to go to private school on many different occasions. It never happened. No. I applied to private high school. Did you uh, apply to any place that was called the Something Something Academy? No, I um. I applied to two private schools for high school because I hated, I mean, everyone hates middle school, but right. I thought it was, that was, was a singular unique problem to me that I hated everyone in middle school yeah. oh, for sure. <laughs> and I needed to be around people who were more, you know, academically inclined and motivated like I was. Huh. And I, I kind of liked the school, but eventually, you know, after applying and getting waitlisted that, you know, I kind of lost hope. And then one of them let me in later on, like a month before, before school was going to start. Yeah. And I'd kind of just said, you know, I'm gonna de- I'm gonna deal with these nincompoops. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> these fucking morons. I'm yeah. going to school with. I'll, I'll, I'll try to I'll, I'll I'll grow an empathy bone and figure out how to work with these kids. And and <laughs> so I told them no when they when they called me, and they acted like they'd never heard no before. Oh, of course. Um, We've had people clamoring to get their children. Mm-hmm, absolutely. There. Yeah. And my parents thanked me later because, you know, we, because of the money, money we saved, yeah. uh, we were able to go on vacation sometimes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, they're going to say they, uh, built themselves a hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, well, they, hot tub, school, middle school. They actually ended up doing that later, but I don't yeah. know if that was because of <laughs> no private high school. Didn't hurt. But I also, I, sure. but I also wanted to go to Yale and yeah. like, I, I thought I was going to be a, you know, an Ivy But you see person. Berkeley is a great school. It is. It is. Uh, and you know, don't, don't get me wrong. If, if you, the listener or your child get into gets into UC Berkeley, count your lucky stars. You got it. You're great. Yeah, you're yeah. Do, you're, 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 you're living good. But fucking Yale. But, but yeah, and, Yale. And, and and you know, especially with all this Brett Kavanaugh. I got stuff. into Yale. Yeah. <laughs> with oh all this, yeah. Working my butt off. <laughs> yeah. Boofing. Boofing. Yeah. With all this Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> stuff, I'm kind of glad I didn't get into yeah, Yale. Yeah. Right. Um. But I I thought I wanted that life. Yeah. And it it wasn't for me. Did you ever play lacrosse? No, my brother does. Okay, uh, but I I never got in. Currently, it. yeah, oh, my, cool. my brother is. Uh, I think my brother's playing a game right now. Uh, he's wow. uh, he is still in college, and he got 
he's playing on a club team at the college. That's cool. Yeah. Is he also is up at Berkeley or? This is up in the Bay Area, but not at Berkeley. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So the next question is supposed to be like, what are your craziest moments in and out of sobriety? Sure. So maybe we'll pick like childhood and adulthood. I mean, like I mean, insane moments or I mean, I I don't I don't drink a lot, so I mean, like I I have had so, oh, have you had drunken be, moments? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's hear a drunken moment. Yeah. Oh, sure. Totally. Um, the drunken moment that sticks out to me is because I mean I I think part of the reason why I'm able to date Anna is because I. I don't drink a lot. It's right. like I you enjoy a craft beer every once in a while. Sure, yeah, uh, in, a, in a really in a really snooty assholeish way. Uh, in a I'm better than you. Nothing kind of wrong way. with a craft beer. Nothing wrong with a craft beer. There is something wrong with a Bud Light. I'm sorry. I don't. I, 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 I don't. It doesn't taste very good. Yeah, it's, but it'll get you drunk. It dem- it demonstrates lack of taste. Yes. That's I mean that's sort of what it says to me, and I. I am judgmental, and I'm I'm not that sorry about it. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not all so, of us are in it. So now I'm gonna, so, so if that bothered you. I'm going to tell you a drunken moment uh, that I had that'll make you feel better. <laughs> so I uh, so I so I was uh, I think I was still in college. Um, time had time off of school. Uh, an older college buddy of mine was out of school. Uh, he had just gotten married. Um, to, uh, his name was uh, his name was Bryant, and he had married uh, his uh, his longtime girlfriend. Uh, you know, he's Latino, but he had converted to Islam. Okay, uh, so that he would marry his girlfriend. Um, I love that this is the preamble for the drunk story. Yeah, and yeah. it didn't. It's gonna mean, be a good one. But Bryant, <laughs> just because Bryant converted to Islam, doesn't mean he didn't drink like a fish. Like he still that was right. still he didn't adhere to that. <laughs> yeah, no, he he was just it was purely in, on paper. <laughs> <laughs> for the marriage certificate got it um so, he did it for the halal yeah sure <laughs> yeah um so my buddy sam and i go down to visit bryant in long beach uh i think i was visiting la uh on one of my trips to just check it out and see if i wanted to be there for comedy purposes but we go and uh we visit him at his apartment and he's happy to see us mm-hmm. and we go out to dinner have some nice lebanese food and we have like a, a drink there and then he, we get back to his place and Bryant pulls out like a fifth of rum or something like that. Right. And it's like, all right, we're going to make a dent in this. <laughs> and so I'm just like, and I, I don't like hard alcohol in the slightest, but I, in, um, I think moments of where my will is not great. I will in, in order to fit in, I will partake. So not even like a mixed drink. You just don't like really, I don't like any hard alcohol. It really hurts. It, it I get a massive headache from yeah. it. Beer for some reason doesn't do that. Um, well, I, I haven't had enough wine in my life to know what does and what doesn't. I suppose sweeter wine would probably, I think yeah. it's a sugar thing. Really. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I am, so we have, we have all this rum, too much rum and we, uh, <laughs> Rum. And then we, uh, and then Yo, we, ho, hit, ho. and then we hit the town. In, I mean, it's Long Beach, right? It's, Long Beach is not really like, I don't know if it's really a town you hit. I mean, there's there's, there's spots, <laughs> there's I spots, guess, but, but like, it's not. I, I don't even remember where he lived because I've been to Long Beach a couple times. I don't even remember what what part that he lived yeah, in. I know Long it was, Beach is big, and yeah, it's just like a lot of weird areas, and yeah, a lot of it's, it's industrial. A, and, it's a big city, and yeah. he lived in kind of this like high rise apartment, mm. and. Uh, we uh so we go and we we en- 
I, what I found myself, I've never really blacked out, but I, I, there were definitely patches that are fuzzier than others. Like we would just end up places. Yeah. It, like we ended up at like a rooftop bar. There you go. Where there's like a DJ and people dancing <laughs> and like hanging out. I'm just like, what is this? Like, <laughs> it sounds like a rooftop bar. Yeah. I'm just like, like I, I wasn't very, fam- I'm not very familiar with that scene. That's not really how I, how I party. Yeah. Um, if you, you I'm not really a, a party person, but um, we're there and, you know, Bryant, Bryant gets us gin, which is my least favorite alcohol. <laughs> very just, floral. Just barely, it just barely beats out tequila yeah. as my least favorite. Another very floral alcohol. Yeah. Just the worst. It It's terrible. I, I can't. But we have these gin and tonics and we, uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> I love how you're just drinking all the stuff that you just think is disgusting yeah, yeah i mean i guess it's, i'm just like, like well why didn't you just order a beer you know yeah i think well he it, was getting these things oh, for okay me. so oh, it was like it was all it was all it was all it was all on the house oh, got sure. it um and so and, and i don't i don't do this all the time i don't have i've ha- i have very few drunken moments like this so i i can't say that i you know I figure, you know, because usually the reason why I don't drink so much is because I have responsibilities. Yeah. I have to be somewhere. I have to drive. I have, I have to, like, I have to tutor someone, you know, the next day. Most of the time, it's very inconvenient for me to drink. Yeah. But if you get fucked up enough, often enough, all your responsibilities just kind of go away. Oh, yeah. That's true. The kids get taken away, the job. Yeah. yeah that's all that. <laughs> it sounds The only enticing. responsibility you have at that point is to drink. Yeah. Yeah. And... But you're used to my mind doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah, don't. I I was all, I was always the person like who's like to become an alcoholic. <laughs> Sorry, we don't mean to phrase we're, it like we're that. Me, we're we're messing with yeah, you. Yeah. No, no, no. You're right. I'm, I'm. But I mean, that's it's just not how my brain is wired. Yeah. So, but once in a while, I'm like, well, everything seems to be kind of taken care of. I have a place to sleep. I'm not. I don't have to drive anywhere. This looks good. Yeah. yeah for sure. Cut loose. So I yeah, I can cut loose. Yeah. And. Uh, so yeah, we have these gin and tonics, and then we end up we end up at like. By this time, it's very late. It's think it's like close to it's like close to midnight, and uh, we we end up again at this like at this Irish bar mm-hmm. where the music the band doesn't start playing until after midnight, right? Yeah, and they start playing what I can only describe <laughs> as music that you punch people to, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like just this like Peaky Blinders, Dropkick Murphys, just like it's something you stamp your feet right. and you pound oh, yeah. the table to. Oh, yeah. um, very Irish God, music. I'm like already having a good time uh, <laughs> just yeah. I'm describing I'm that. <laughs> and so we're, and so we, I think we're having Guinness or whiskey or something like that. I don't even remember at this point. Right. And we're just like hitting each other while we're pound. Like that's just, we're in that mode. And then we eventually leave the bar and we begin to engage in this game of two people try to hit the third in the nuts. Like that's, <laughs> it's just this weird game of chicken where we're like someone we're stumbling home. We're stumbling. We're not walking anymore. We're stumbling. Yeah. And we, we, someone would pull ahead and the other two would like look at each other and be like, eh, eh. and they go and they go try and hit that person, yeah, in some way, and um, and a couple times that person was me <laughs> getting hit, and sometimes it, I was doing the hitting. So we uh, and then we finally get to Bryant's place, but I, by this 
by the walk home, I'm starting to get sick and uh, I'm starting to feel that things are going to come back up. And I ended <laughs> up, I ended up uh, throwing up on his carpet. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and I think I was sleeping either on the couch or the floor and uh, his wife was not pleased that I had, I, I didn't throw up all over the floor, but the beginnings of of it ended up on the floor. And so I had to, um, I did my best to clean it up, but I, I doubt it was that good. Yeah. A job. As I said, I don't know how to clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's, so that's the, um, so that, that was a particularly uh, drunken moment. Okay. Mm. What about like, um, well, I'm just, hold on. I'm just kind of thinking about that night and I'm like, that doesn't sound that bad. To me. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound that bad to me either. Um, I was, it sounds I was like a fun time. It, it, sounds like it, it, it was fun. I was, I, I just was profoundly embarrassed that I had thrown up on, you know, I was a guest in someone's house. See, and that I, I understand though. Yeah. That I can relate to the, the profound embarrassment. Shame. The shame. Yeah. And, and was, <laughs> I have a massive headache and Bryant was nice enough. He like made us like a, the perfect, like hangover food the next morning. For breakfast, um, I think he had gone. He'd gotten up before Sam and me and gotten Gatorade. Oh wow! For us, like so nice. he was a real mensch. About what was it. the breakfast? Do you remember what the cool hangover breakfast was? I think it was some sort of like, you know, some sort of hash oh, yeah. of sorts with you know, I think he, some breakfast potatoes oh, and yeah. things like yeah, something like yeah, something something very salty, starchy, and yeah. starchy, and it was. I remember tasting amazing. Oh yeah, but I was in a place where I'm just like, I don't know if I could have anything. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And then I eat it and I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's this yeah. weird. It's always a weird um, you know, threshold to pass over when you're hungover, and that's why I. That's another reason why I don't drink so much. Is like I'm just kind of, I really despise being hungover. Yeah, and um, that's a terrible feeling. Yeah, yeah. Even certain even certain beers that I like now are starting to affect me the next morning. I'll sometimes wake up with like a, like mm. a swollen throat. Oh yeah. The next morning I'm like, what am, I'm not getting any benefit out of this. Mm. And even, yeah. even my dad, my dad doesn't, my dad doesn't even really drink anymore. Cause my dad's in his fifties and it's not like he had a problem. He's just like, this isn't doing anything for me. Yeah. It doesn't make you feel good. And, and it's just diminishing returns. Yeah. And you, he, my, <clears throat> my parents would have like wine with dinner, but that was really it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah i i can't say i'm uh the most you know i think it's okay to kind yeah. of expand this question too right like we can doesn't have to be a drunken moment i mean like there's we all have like crazy moments in our tell life. me your deepest shame <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. that's okay yeah but what about like sober like you've had insane moments where oh sure you're like how did i even do that sober like or how did that even happen kind of yeah um i'm trying to think i I had a moment where I learned, I'll preface with this, I, I learned a lot, because I moved to LA when I was 21. Mm-hmm. I just finished college. I went from work, I went from studying to be, like, to get a linguistics degree at UC Berkeley <laughs> to, and a month later, or like a month and a half after my last final, I was working at the comedy store as a door guy. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's quite it, a transition. Yeah. And for those who are not familiar with the comedy store, you would say, 
it is a it's like if a dungeon could be a comedy club yeah and it's a lot more it's a lot That's more a good of a, way to put it yeah it's a really popping spot now but like it's the building's black it it, it encourages mischief yeah you know people say <laughs> it's a lot ha- of weird rooms people say it's haunted it's labyrinthian because it was it was multiple structures that were kind of forced together there's a ghost there yeah the, people swear that they've seen ghosts there and i i started working there i was 21 going on 22 so I didn't really know how to be a person, let alone like a responsible human being. And so I, like I, I tried you know edibles there for the first time. Um, I smoked pot there for the first time. Ah, cool. I, I did have some drunken moments there. I, I not as many to speak of, but I think the more cr- the crazier moments happened when I was sober. Yeah. Uh, like I had a situation where I was. When I moved down, I had a I had a girlfriend that I had da- been dating for about four years in mm-hmm. college. Pretty much my all of college, I had been dating this this one person, um, and so she hadn't quite moved down yet when this story takes place. So I was working at the comedy store for a few months. I was taking a break uh, and just getting some air out on the front patio, uh, but there's people chain smoking on the front patio, so the quality of air I was getting was not right. great. But I'm there, and I'm, I'm talking to the bartender. The bartender is this guy who's, um, he's like a, he's from Chicago. He's very aggressive. He had a he had a gambling issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, you could have just said he's from Chicago. Yeah, yeah, was, <laughs> yeah you just you never know who's listening. <laughs> but like the, uh, but yeah, so he um, he hadn't really talked to me much because he didn't really. He, people who had been working there long enough, they didn't get to know people who were brand new until they had been there for like six months. Cause you don't know who's going to come and go. Right. Um, so the first, one of the first times he had talked to me, he's like <clears throat> washing some, some glasses and he see, he sees two, two young women passing by on the, uh, on the sunset strip. And he's like, dude, I'm going to get these girls to come over. <laughs> and he and I'm just like okay, man. And he's like, hey, girls, you want to do shots? Come on, bro, let's do shots <laughs> to the women. He says to bro. these women. Yeah. To these women, yeah. he called them bro. Yeah, he called them singular bro. bro. Yeah, that's right. collectively, yeah. collectively, you two women are one bro. That's the that, that's, that's the math. Yeah. So. And I, I was just sort of marveling at the audacity, and then the fact that they're just like, "Yeah, sure, we'll come over." <laughs> oh, it worked. <laughs> yeah, free drinks. All right, great. Totally, of course. So we, uh, so they come over, and there's just for distinction, distinction purposes. There's a, there's a thinner girl, and there's a curvier girl, and the curvier girl comes straight up to me. The thinner girl goes goes up to the bar to you know get her free, free shot. The courier girl comes, she walks directly to me, and she starts feeling me up on my chest. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is nice in retrospect, but it's still a stranger. Yeah. And I'm, and like, I don't, like, I just, I wasn't, I was still pretty new to LA. I'm just like, is this how people act? And I'm like, is everyone, <laughs> is everyone just like, yeah, Andy, that very feeling. Yeah. Felt up by a random curvy girl. Yeah. And, we learned that these women are British. They're, I think, you know, they're they're also not from there, but they're, you know, just out on the town. Yeah. And they, uh, and so, to, you know, Toby, the bartender, he's asking these these girls what they want to drink, and he's like, "This Patron, these shots are for men, bro." <laughs> Again, still calling him bro. Yeah. And uh, the uh, and the curvier girl 
had me bend down so she could whisper in my ear. She said, um, I could use a shot of cum right now. <laughs> and That fucking whore. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know about you guys, but um, but that's a new sentence to me. Yeah. That's not... Yeah. I'm gay. I've heard that a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that can be shocking the first it, time. Yeah, it, it, the first time like, it's... Uh, come again? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, it's like, and she's like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, I'd never heard that. I like, I'd never heard that in any of the, the few porns that i had seen yeah. not in real life it just really never and so i'm trying to figure out how to just even respond to such a <laughs> to such lunacy right <laughs> and i i'm trying to be funny because i'm you know I'm, I'm working at the comedy store right. i'm just like i'm like well let's see if we can find you a drink that goes down just as smoothly and i'm just like oh <laughs> instant regret i'm just like wow that was yeah, rough Yes. Really, real, really, really rough. Yeah. Um, but she, but she laughed. Like a so. white Russian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Who has milk at a goddamn <laughs> outdoor bar? Uh, <laughs> there's no way that keeps. <laughs> but yeah, but she laughed. So I, I guess it kind of worked. And uh, I mean, I think she she kind of had you know blinders up to many red flags, including my last statement. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we go to the bar and and and. Sh- and Toby sees that this woman is interested in me, and he's like, "Dude, you got to take her on a tour, bro. Show her around the building." And at the comedy store at the time when I was working there, giving someone a tour meant you need to go find a dark corner of the building to go have sex. Right. Yeah. So that meant. But I have a girlfriend, and I think she had I think visited at some point during this time. You know, before you know, during the time that I had lived there, I feel like she had met most of the people that worked at the at the club. Yeah. But clearly that matter that didn't matter to Toby. He's like, you you gotta carpe that diem, bro, <laughs> um, or what? And everyone else at the bar was very supportive of Toby. Uh, They're like, yeah, you should show around. Go be a gentleman. And like, clearly the word gentleman has never registered with any of you. <laughs> no. None of you know what this means. <laughs> um, and she kind of caught on to the innuendo, and she's like, yeah, you should show me around. And she's like, you know what? I'll lead the way. And so she grabbed me by the I hand. Like this girl, <laughs> she—I mean—applauding the initiative. I, I she knew what she wanted. She was gonna g- do everything she could to get it. So she's leading me through my own workplace, where I'm on the clock, right, <laughs> to go find a dark corner. And you know, we go through the room where I'm supposed to be working, where there's a show happening, into another showroom where there's no show happening, and I'm. I'm getting so nervous. I'm on the verge of an asthma attack. Right. Like, <laughs> and Fantastic. and we, you know, she finds a, a corner that is dark enough and, and suitable for her. And I'm just like, well, hey, hey, I, I got to stop you. Like, I, I, like, I, I, I don't know where. I feel like we got off on the wrong foot. Like, I, I'm not avail- emotionally or you know, r- you know, pragmatically available to to do this. Right. And she seemed. Is this your hashtag me too moment? Yeah, this this <laughs> this is my me neither. Yeah. <laughs> me neither. Um, this, uh, but and she was, and she was a little tipsy. But even that, even so, she was still able. She understood what I was saying, and she's like, "No guys have really said that to me before." And and in my mind, I'm like, "Well, considering you opened up with, I could use a shot of cum right now." 
I'm sure no man has ever said anything to you after that. <laughs> right? Like that's it's usually like, okay. That, that's yeah. a conversation opener and closer. Yeah, that's like, yeah. And, and then she jumped your bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she. So she. I, I led her back around. I got her a drink, and mm-hmm. I brought her back around. And what everyone, kind of drink? Um, probably a vodka soda or something okay. like that. And um, and I and everyone's like, "Oh, back so soon." And I was like, you've met my girlfriend. Yes, back so soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, did Toby give you flack? Um, a little bit. But I mean, I, I'm sure he understood that I was, you know, like, you know, he just understood that I wasn't that kind of person. Sure. Yeah. I think it was kind of like a, a, a it could have been like a turning point as to like how who I was as like a man, mm-hmm. you know, how I decided to approach that. Because there were, you know, the, the comedy store is is comprised of the scumbags that <laughs> that you know attend it and 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 work there and many of the people are lovely people so i mean like now it's not really that way it's it's almost too busy for that to really be a possibility yeah um but at the time when i was working there it was it it was not as busy and it kind of allowed the more scuzzy you know people of the world both comics and you know regular folk alike to you know do things there. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say I haven't done things there. Sex <laughs> like, things? Sure. Okay. Um, but <laughs> with your girlfriend? Uh, not my, not my current girlfriend. Oh, okay. Again, club's too busy. Oh, okay. And I don't work there anymore. So it'd be like, yeah, that'd be weird. You just, you, you it's just like, uh, for old time's there. sake. Yeah. <laughs> have a quickie in the, in belly room. The belly room <laughs> sure. Yeah. But that used to, that used to be a thing is like, you know, go, go show this girl the belly room. Yeah. And like, <laughs> cause there wasn't a show there. Right. But yeah, that was, but yeah, but yeah, it was just like, I, I could have, you know, chosen to just, you know, my girlfriend wasn't living in town, you know, yeah. it could have been none the wiser, exactly. but, but yeah, it's just like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't emotionally ready for that kind of moment. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's the, a lot to process yeah, the act sure. of yeah. cheating and then on top of it, like her being super aggressive and you being so young. And you were here from Berkeley by way of where, <clears throat> where did you say? I'm, I'm from the Bay area. Oh, you're from the Bay area. Yeah. Okay. Piedmont. Yeah. Oh, you're from Piedmont. I know Piedmont. Oh, you do know yeah. Piedmont. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's where white people fled from Oakland. For so, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't grow up in a world where any of that was a thing. Right. Um, even in college, I don't think I had any experience that quite led to that level of, of specificity of, you know, sexual proclivities. And so I, I, and you can tell because I said specificity of sexual pro- proclivities. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, the, <laughs> uh, but I mean, God, I'm I, a wreck just hearing you say that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm, I can't say it's her fault. Right. You know, that's something that she wanted. Yeah. She, yeah, she went for it. No, there's no fault to be had. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, that's what men do. Yeah, and so I mean not I mean, all men, but you know what I mean. Like, no, yeah. Like, hashtag not all men. <laughs> <laughs> so many hashtags in this oh, episode. Oh yeah, so many. Uh, Anna's gonna be so mad. So many. Oh, is she is she anti hashtag? I don't know. Okay, we're just gonna make her put like a thousand hashtags at oh, the end gross. of the episode. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, I think it's just a matter of communication. I think that's the thing that I've really yeah. learned as you know. I think that's the thing that makes you an adult is your ability to communicate with others. I think that's what separates children from adults. Yeah, being able to express yourself and yep. understand uh, the emotional and absolutely psychological needs of others, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I would say that that was among the 
crazy. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, we, like a shot of cum. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that story a lot. Well, uh, uh, a bartender, another bartender, not Toby, but another bartender suggested after the experience um, that I should have go- gone to the back bar and jerked off into a shot glass and, <laughs> and then presented it to her. <laughs> that that would have been great. Um, so perfect. Which I think would have been the more comedic <laughs> yeah. uh, way sure to approach it. I'm sure she didn't actually it. want it, a shot of It got a good cum. kick out of us. That's, that, yeah. that's a funny thing. You know? um, but yeah, I, I, what, I, I did still have a girlfriend. So like, what, where do you draw the line <laughs> right. as far as... Like, it, it, like, that's did, a good there question. was no penetration. Listeners, right. let us know. Yeah. At 12. T- tweet us. Well, I don't even know what the Twitter <laughs> handle is. You can find out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's. <laughs> let us know where the line is. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, is uh, that cheating? Like, that situation, if he went and, like, jerked off into a shot glass. In, I think in a. Head- if you did it in front of her, I think that's a little. Yeah. That's. that's dude, if you just left. Did yeah, it came back with that, the cum. Yeah, re- ret- retreated to my drawing room. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> we have both levels of creepy, but I think the hypothetical is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think in reality, if I think in a heterosexual relationship, I can't speak for homosexual relationships just because I'm not. It gets one. weird. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's like, well, there, I think it there's does. more. I think there's more of an equal playing field, honestly. Oh, for sure. There's no. There's not really a power. Well, I mean, there is a power dynamic because but men can be like be attacked by other men. Yes, but it's definitely. Yeah. I, I never. I've never gone out with a guy and felt like I couldn't like beat the fuck out of him if he tried to do something to me. Sure, you know? it's. I think it's a little bit more equal, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think if you were to ask any heterosexual couple and ask the woman if that's cheating, I think. I think a hundred times out of a hundred, you're going to say yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like it's, but I, I think, I think there's some, I'm sure there's some women that have a sense of humor. Like that would be really funny, but I'd be like, don't ever fucking do that again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, that was your one time for the joke. Yeah. yeah. For the it's scrapbook moment. Yeah. You're only allowed the hypothetical. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just, uh, but yeah, there were, I mean, there were all kinds of crazy moments at the store. There were just like... I bet. I mean, with yeah. that crowd and that energy and late yeah. night and drinking. And yeah, the, the building the building just draw It draws mischief out of people. Yeah. I, I, something about the red lighting and the black building is just like it makes people feel like they can do anything. That's why it's such a, it was such a mindfuck to work there. Oh, yeah. That's a hub for Los Angeles, too. Like, yeah. Things just happen there. There's a lot yeah. of history. There's a lot of weirdness about it. And I'm pretty sure there is a ghost there. So. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that and that place became my cheers. Like that's <laughs> yeah. That's how, wait, how long did you work there for? Almost five years. Oh wow, that's a. That's and I still and I still perform yeah. there regularly. So it's like, yeah, it's just like it's such your a roommate works there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. still does. And there's a, it's it's just it's insanity. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 you can and you can fill out a W nine. Yeah. And work for there it. you go. Yeah. yeah, it's on the books. Yeah, it's on the books. All right. How do you make decisions? How do I make decisions? Are you good at it? Um, Bad at it? Depends on the decision. Is there a process you go through? Uh, I'm, I'm very good at making. I'm pretty good at making decisions for me. Mm-hmm. Like I think when other people are involved, I there's just more variables. I have right. more ability to falter. I know it's it's a very robotic way to uh, to say that, but like, no, um, yeah, that's... but I I'm just very. I, I know when I'm the only one that needs to be accounted for, mm. I can move quickly. Yeah. I can I can make decisions, I can make, you know, cuts to things, I can I can make edits. Yeah. 
you're not uh, affecting a bunch of other people, you're just kind of yeah, going it's, through it's, it. That doesn't sound robotic at all. It sounds very normal, actually. But the, but yeah, but just to like refer to people as variables is, is more what I. Oh, okay. Yeah, but like, but when other but when other people enter the equation, it's like there's I and it's especially in in relationships. I do I do worry about you know how I'm affecting you know, uh, a relationship, whether, whether professional or romantic. Right. And I think romantic, romantic relationships, it gets heightened where I'm just like, and I, I just keep, you're, you're, you're interacting with another person. And I, I am frequently reminded of my, how aware I am or am not. Yeah. Uh, when I do things and I, I've had to learn about it in just getting ready to, you know, you know, to live with Anna and just like, you know, it's like, okay, just recognizing someone's needs. And again, it just comes down to, you know, communicate. Well, it's amplified even yet, especially living together. Cause it's yeah. all just, everything's slammed. Like your worlds are slammed together. Worlds truly collide. Yeah. Yeah. In excess. So, yeah. And so I think we've, I think we've come to a built, uh, a happy medium mm-hmm. for now. And I'm sure it'll, there will come a time as things change that where it reaches another boiling point of sorts or a turning point. Um, and we'll at that point we're all going to buy a house together. Sure. Yeah. Plenty of space. We're not moving to fucking Canoga park. We're moving to Canoga park. We're not, I'm not moving west of the four Oh five. That's what's happening. (laughs) You can move to Canoga. Okay. We will talk about this off podcast on the ride home. Yeah, we don't, I'm not fucking living in Canoga park. This podcast isn't about Zillow listings. (laughs) Let's talk about neighborhoods in the Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was a very, uh, (laughs) no, but that, I mean, yeah, I'm, I am very calculated. Yeah. And, I can I can be very calculated with especially with like career stuff and so I can I make specific decisions and I reach out to certain people based yeah. on like what I need. Yeah. That's like what especially when you're in like that like high performing like school environment too. Every they tell you like everything, every decision is important. Important like it all like it builds all on every, yeah. Yeah, and I, I've been in that environment for so long. I kind of it's good training for you know the world of comedy from a business perspective. Oh, for sure, but. Yeah, I I, I learn. I'm I'm lucky that I have a lot of these sort of like, you know, a reasonable amount of like the business acumen, and without a lot of the like fuck around stuff, it can mean I miss out on maybe a couple stories. But yeah, but you're you well know. off in the better off in the long run. Yeah, I mean it's it's a weird thing. Like you know, with the world of entertainment, it's like the people aren't people aren't fucking around it as much anymore. It's like I think I think it's it has to be more specific cases because I mean. The true, you know, messing around that has taken place in entertainment, all all that's, you know, coming to a head and being called out. Yeah. So it has to be, if you're going to be messing around in a way that's like comedy friendly, I feel like it has to be really true frivolity. And I think that might, that's eventually going to probably alter some of the types of jokes that are going to be put out. Because I think if you look back at like comedy from like even 20 years ago, it's like, uh, like old Eddie Murphy stand up or whatever. It's I like was just thinking of the, of Eddie Murphy as an example. Yeah, it's like some of that comedy doesn't stand the test of time because if you because he says faggot a lot. I mean, yeah, among, among I other think, things. Yeah, I think there's some stu- stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I say faggot a lot. Yeah, and that is that's, and that's your word. <laughs> yeah, in the in the social context yeah, that we live in now. I guess that's yeah. 
Because, I mean, I think... But I say it in a very, like, malicious way. Yeah. Sure. Like... As is your right. <laughs> yeah, but totally. like, but yeah, it's, I think, I think the, this, I don't think it's changing in a way that makes comedy impossible to do. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just different. Yeah. It's different. I mean, comedy evolves regardless. It's yeah. It's adapt or die. Yeah. So. All right. What's the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself? Like as you've gotten older, maybe, or a surprising thing. Um, I think it's that I'm not, I'm not always as open as I claim to be. Okay. Hmm. I think I'm really good at falling into a routine and I'm really good at picking a thing that I like and mm-hmm. just that's the thing I do in that realm for the rest of my life. Okay. And it could be as innocuous as a sandwich. Right. Like when I go to Green Blatt's, which is a yeah. you know Jewish deli here in Los Angeles. That's a I, Jewish deli? green blatt i'm kidding so what's your sandwich <laughs> yeah it's 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 basically a very californiaized corned beef sandwich okay it's, it's corned beef but it's with swiss and avocado and sourdough bread and it sounds, sounds fucking great. delicious it's it's, yeah. it's amazing <laughs> yeah. and that's why i get it every time yeah. because it's perfect and they make it right um but it can all but so i i will be it that but that thinking can lead to being boring in certain ways. Yeah, so like on a I, micro level, it's just a sandwich, but on a macro level, it can be. It can like, be like I, I don't, you know, it could. I, I don't expose myself to new experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm going out on a real limb. Like you, Jared, and Anna and I are going to go to Not Scary Farm. That's right. In oh, a few coming days. up. Yeah, but I, I traditionally don't like things that are horror related because they scare me, and I don't care for that. Right. So I, I'm, I'm, but I, I realize that that's a limiting way of thinking. Yeah. Have you ever I, been to any event like this before? No. So, I mean, why, so why say I don't, it's yeah. like, it's like a, give it's it a, a, give it a shot. Yeah. It's like parents saying like, how do you know you don't like it if you've never even tried it? Right. Yeah. So I'm trying to at least open my, myself up to those experiences. Hmm. How do I know I don't, how do I know gin is terrible? I tried it. It's right. terrible. Yeah. So that, so that's. But you, you, you don't know until you try it. So I'm trying to adjust my programming. And I also, and um, I've, in tying with that, I also have a lot of, um, I have a lot of expectations that I put on myself that yeah. are completely unreasonable. Hashtag relatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. To add another hashtag to the sure. Managing expectations. I feel like it's a big part of like growing up and mm-hmm. understanding how to not be constantly frustrated just going through your life. Absolutely. Expectations of other people, of the world, of yourself. Yeah. That's a big thing I had to learn. Yeah. As managing expectations of myself and others. Certainly. But it is good to uh, kind of rock your routine, right? To like kind of throw it, uh, add a a dash of flexibility into your routine. Don't let yourself become too rigid with how you've built your life. Like, yeah, you're being responsible, Mm -hmm. but like we all have to have fun too. It's important. It's and important. try a new thing. Well, because how else do you have an interesting life if you're not altering your routine? You, you, you no one's life that is just a just routine is going to be is worthy of note. Yeah, you're not going to make any progress. There's yeah. not going to be any development. Yeah. yeah. I mean, your routine's not bad. It's it's good to have some normalcy, yeah, but you, you have to balance it. Yeah, you have enough you, routine to not go in complete chaos all the time. Yeah. Because if you add a new thing, you might find a new thing for your routine too. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, I think I threw my, 
because I haven't had a lot of jobs outside of entertainment, mm. you know, the kind of threw myself into a world of chaos and there's, uh, you know, things can change at, at the drop of a hat. Yeah. It's like, Oh, nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, the show is canceled. Oh, you're on the show now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's in two hours. Can you get here? <laughs> it's one hour and 59 minutes away. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like whatever. And, you know, something changed, you know, we got to put this on hold for now. Someone, you know, someone's injured. We can't shoot this thing now. Like, yeah. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. And so, but it's hard to have, if you don't have a routine around that, you have, I feel like I've donated a lot of my flexibility towards just this career. Right. Yeah. You that's a really good point, actually. Out. Like your career is anti-routine. Yeah. And so you have to have a routine to stay sane maybe or to stay like some sort of stable. When I work casinos, people will ask me if I gamble. Ah, and yeah. it's like, dude, the career is the gamble. What right. are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gambling every day. Yep. <laughs> I bet they love that joke at casinos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when I, when I say with that level of intensity, yeah. it's like Just like screaming it at them. Yeah. <laughs> Did you actually work at a casino one more point? I've performed at casinos. Oh, okay. That's what he meant. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking like, like you, a blackjack dealer. <laughs> I'm, thinking, no. I'm seeing you as a blackjack dealer. I'm sorry. I totally I, misunderstood I don't, that. I don't think that would <laughs> pass the... Uh, uh, that, would that, not pass, that would not pass my family's uh, test wheel of acceptable jobs. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, I mean... What do, they, what do they think about the comedian thing? Uh, they, I think they were a little surprised about it at first when I... Because I had like a, like a, like a breakdown moment <clears throat> where I'm just like... I, I knew that my economics major was not going to work out. I'm like 19. Yeah. I, I call it like a quarter-life crisis. And uh, I just... My mom's like... Well, if this isn't what you like doing, like, what do you like doing? And I said, I think I want to write comedy. And my mom's like, okay. Mm. <laughs> well, if you can figure out how to make money doing it, then fine. Which is pre a pretty good answer. Yeah, as, yeah. as opposed to like actively really... discouraging you. Yeah, and they do notice that my career is a little bit better each year. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm sure they'd want certain things. Like my mom will... My mom asks me less and less about... When are you going to be on Camel? Right. Yeah. Um, she loves Camel. <laughs> all moms do. Yeah. <laughs> no, all moms love Fallon. We all know that. Oh, is that what that is? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, is it because he's a drunk? No, it's he's because... Yeah. It's because he's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a cool mom who loves Camel. Uh, the... <laughs> Uh, it's it's just something you have to accept if you're the host of the Tonight Show. You you don't get to be you don't you don't get to be cool in an artistic sense. Yeah, you get to be cool in that you're a famous person, but yeah. you're not cool in the artistic sense. Conan had a brush at being that. Yeah, both cool and an artistic. Craig sense. Ferguson. I always loved Craig yeah. Ferguson. Sure. Jay Leno talks about what you were just explaining though, mm -hmm. how he could not like he there was a there was a sacrifice of coolness in yeah. order to be. And he and he was the coolest years. comic, and he lost all of it. But he also made seventeen million dollars a year yeah. for twenty years. Yeah. So um, he's doing. He's I, doing I don't fine. think he. I don't think he cares how cool he is. No. No one who wears that much denim cares. <laughs> <how> <laughs> I, cool I think that are. is the like the worthy sacrifice, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it, you, from that. It, everyone wrestles with that. You, you pick your number. <laughs> That's yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, I, um, to get back to what, how my parents feel about it, they notice that my, that I'm doing better and better every year. Mm-hmm. My mom asked less about if I've looked at grad schools. Um, <laughs> and Have she you looked at grad school. Uh, no. Um, I, I feel if you like, did go back to grad school, what do you think you would do? It would have to be something where they'd pay me to go. Right. You, like I'm cause if you go, I feel like if you're, if, if I were to go to grad school and have to pay for it, then it's, then it's a ripoff. Yeah. But mm, if you're, if you're doing something that people need, like we need it, we need that skill. We need you to learn this. That's why businesses will like if you work for a business, they want you to go to business school. They'll pay for you to go to business school. Yeah, my firm does that. Yeah, thirty grand a year. Yeah, it's amazing. But like that's how it should be. Yeah, it's because we need you to learn the skill. We'll we'll pay for you to do it. Mm-hmm. Um. So, or if it's something where people don't, there's no one who knows how to do this. We need you to be the one who does it. It could be for. I mean, if I decided that like comedy weren't what I wanted to do anymore. Mm-hmm. I would maybe I would consider doing something about like the science behind why people laugh, like from a linguistic perspective. Okay, oh, that's or, pretty interesting. I think you, you can still do that if you want. I could. I just I don't care enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I was like, we laugh, and can't we just get over it? Like, yeah. That's <laughs> that's kind of what where I'm at with it now. Uh, but I would I would also I was also interested in like primate cognition oh, wow. in, in monkey school. science. <laughs> yeah, monkey, monkey science, science. Mm-hmm. for the um, for the more uh, erudite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, there was um, yeah, I was I took a class called primate ecology and behavior, and that was pretty oh, darn cool. Oh, my, yeah. my professor would go to this island and off of Panama, like every other semester, and study howler monkeys. She, <laughs> that's cool. She was a pretty cool. I lady. could see you teaching a gorilla how to like use sign language. Sure. Yeah, new Coco. Yeah, new Coco. Who does for sure? <laughs> <laughs> new Coco. What <laughs> brand new bitch. for your uh, for your material? Right? Yeah, I mean, it. I, I there was a there was a funny video on, and kind of heartwarming video on YouTube where Robin Williams meets Coco the gorilla, mm. and they sign, and it's oh, it's it's pretty really sweet. It's pretty dope. That sounds. I'll watch that later for yeah. sure. You can't tell who's the gorilla. It's All right, because he's so hairy. <laughs> One hairy man. So, um, what would you say your level of honesty is with other people and yourself? Um, I think it's. I think it's one of those things. Like it's like Dante's Inferno. There's like different. There's different circles. Of, yeah. Of honesty, uh, and I think I think for the people that are in the innermost circles, you know, close friends, girlfriend, Hmm. I'd say most family. Um, the, the honesty level is pretty high. Mm Um, I'm relatively honest with my, and open with my parents. I don't, I don't keep a lot from them. Right. Uh, but I think, you know, like with anyone, as you draw further out, I think certain, certain honesty is going to get thrown out the window. Like, if an odd, like I had a, I mean, I like to think I'm pretty upfront I, and I don't have too many things to keep from people, but there are certain things that are just like, there's a difference between honesty and tact. Mm-hmm. And I think with, with a lot of people, I'm, I'm going to err on the side of tact if it deviates from honesty. Right. Just because like, I'm more about things going smoothly 
I'm not, it's not like I'm going to like hold a big truth from someone. Right. But sometimes that's the more altruistic. Yeah. He don't. Sometimes it's just like, this is the path of least resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, you know, whatever helps you get through the night (laughs) at a certain point. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of a, of a good example, like, of where, where I've like kept something from someone. Oh, I'm wondering if this is an appropriate thing to say on a podcast though. We can edit it out. Yeah, I am. Um, I think I had. I had a I had a, a year or so where I was a little bit more. I, I was dabbling with being more like. Sexually casual, mm-hmm. and it it ended up biting me in the ass in a lot of ways, um, and one of the ways was I. I didn't tell, I wasn't, I didn't know how to, I wasn't a good enough communicator. I think you need to, if you're going to be an open sexual person or yeah. like have either open relationships or yeah. date casually. Communication even, super important. Yeah. Up front, during, throughout, like, yeah. It should be a prerequisite. Yeah. And I think, I don't think I had that yet. Hmm. And so it, it really kind of blew up in my face in a lot of ways. And so Yeah, you don't really learn until you like fuck it up. You need much. both tact and honesty and yeah. uh, that kind of deal. Yeah, and I, I only ha- I only had I only got partial credit on, <laughs> on, on that assignment. So <laughs> I yeah, it really just didn't work out well and it, it led to you know, it, it just it led to pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. We'll say that one more time. I said pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and it, it it did lead to certain relationships ending, but like in recollection, those relationships kind of needed to end. I don't, yeah. I don't think they would have survived even if I was a better communicator. Yeah. I think if I was a better communicator, I probably would have. They would have ended on a better note, maybe, or I wouldn't have. Been, I wouldn't even be in the relationships. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, you just. I think when I think I don't know if this is a thing that women uh, experience in the same way that men do be just because I can't I can't speak for women but like as as a young man I you know some if I'm if I'm single which is I think I've been in a relationship in my adult life more than I've been single um, but during those times where I was single I you know, I would just kind of seize these moments and I would kind of like let certain consequences or certain moral um, high ground go to the side. Mm-hmm. I'd just be like, oh, well, you know, she says she's in a relationship that's on the rocks, so maybe it's okay. Or, you know, this person has a lot of family issues that um, that's not going to affect our relationship. Like, that. right. Yeah. Just all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> and it was just I wasn't I wasn't mature enough to handle all that stuff. Right. So. Yeah, it's all stuff you'd learn. It's all trial and error. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. We gave you the long mic cords so you can get up if you need to, Cosmo. <laughs> Cosmo's crickety. He needs to yeah. stretch every once in a while. I get it. Stand up. Yeah. Stretch my legs and my back a little bit. Yeah, do your thing, man. Yeah. I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually I am gonna go to the bathroom. Okay, okay go for it. I'm gonna keep going though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how do you experience anxiety? Um, I f- the way I experience anxiety is 
it can be fr- it can be paralyzing, mm-hmm. and I feel pressure in my chest. Yeah, <laughs> physical pressure. So do you get like you get like anxiety attacks? I don't know. You, honestly, I mean, you get I physical symptoms of it. The physical symptoms. Yeah. yeah, that's the main one. Yeah, it's like I mean when it's when the anxiety is really high, it's like there's it's like there's a ball of there's like there's a ball of stress in my in my chest. Yeah, it's like tight and yeah. Like I, like I was in a bad relationship once and I, um, when I finally broke up with that person, <laughs> the stress ball immediately dissipated. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. It, I mean, I was like, fuck, that's all it took. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, I, 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 it makes me, anxiety makes me less decisive. Yeah. You get, you become paralyzed by it. Yeah. I just, I can't can't make a decision i'm just focused on how how inept i am how do you deal with it have you learned like techniques as you've gotten older to try to kind of work through it or Uh, i'm working on it currently yeah yeah it's like what i'm doing lately is i'm trying to just recognize when i'm in that space Mm -hmm. and just recognize okay this is what you're going through but this will probably pass and you probably didn't fuck things up too much. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel it. I feel it constant. I mean, not constantly, but regularly. Yeah. Where it's like, I like, this is broken bro- beyond repair. You've made a severe faux pas. No, there's no way you're going to be forgiven. Right. And Cosmo, we need you back. Because Cosmo deals with a lot of anxiety too. Oh, yeah. I don't have a ton of experience with it. All right, so catch me up quick. Oh, he was asking how how he dealt with anxiety. Oh, yeah. So I, it's paralyzing, and I, I, I go, I, I spiral. Yeah, I, I've dealt with clinical anxiety, actual diagnosed clinical anxiety, uh, Mm -hmm. the entirety of my twenties. I had my very first panic attack when I was twenty. Wow. And uh, yeah, so it's been a thing. I've, I'm continuing. It's a, it's a continuous. Uh, process to learn how to deal with it and what is proper way to cope and like being okay with um, uh, with kind of recognizing when you have to do nothing like and just like let the panic or the anxiety the un- let seemingly unrooted in anything just kind of ride through you yeah. um, and that's not always necessarily doing nothing that's you letting it do what it has to do and then from there you learn to conquer it and be on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I got my, after seeing a therapist for a little while, I got diagnosed with, uh, dysthymia. What is that? It's, it's um, the, it's also known as like persistent depression disorder where it's like basically every day is just kind of meh to me yeah. where I, I don't, I don't have a lot of high highs. I'm never, I'm, I'm rarely at a level where I'm just like, cripplingly depressed but i'm just like i have trouble recognizing things at, like recognizing triumphs yeah and every day is just kind of on this the dull sort of, ache of depression yeah and um so i've been trying to also took another way of you know conquering anxiety is like recognizing when things are good and, right and acknowledging that things are good and, uh <clears throat> you know and that that also helps. It's like you just when I recognize, like, no, things are actually going pretty well. I made a minor issue. Yeah. 
and, and being appreciative and yeah grateful and yeah and so i just uh so far that's been okay and i'm sure it'll get better yeah but it's it is a is a regular exercise yeah do you find that your stand-up and building new material for your stand-up is a great channel for your anxiety and for your dis i'm sorry dysthymia or dysthymia dysthymia uh no <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I mean, there's, there's times when, when stand-up is cathartic, but it's, I don't feel like, there's some people that say that like, comedy is therapy. I don't see it really that way. Okay. I think therapy is therapy. <laughs> you know, that's a pretty great point. And I'm really good at recognizing it in other people when I was like, no, you need, you need regular therapy. <laughs> you need to talk to somebody that's not this audience and you gotta you gotta air this out yeah, professionally trained <laughs> yeah yeah because that's a really healthy perspective actually. yeah i mean it yeah sure it's good to to voice when something's bothering you but you're i signed up for this open mic too and you're wasting my time mm. by just railing on about your 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 list of people that have wronged you yeah and your your you're just you're wandering, meandering nonsense. Yeah, and it's one thing to make humor of mm-hmm. one's plight, but to use a stage as a venting board for your shit. Yeah, yeah, that's not. I hope comedy. you all signed that's up. Stand up. <laughs> no, it's for not. me to vent my fucking anger at you tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm only able to write bits when I'm objectively. I'm able to look at something objectively. Because I have emotional distance from it. Hmm. Because I've actually worked. So, I mean, if I'm able to work through my anxiety about something and get over it, then, yeah, that might eventually lead to a bit. But I don't, I'm not sure if, like, I think the exercise in me, like, recognizing my, my anxiety and just being able to handle it better, that's just so I can, just, that's just so I can live better. Huh. That's great. But I, I mean, I don't. I don't know if it'll make me funnier necessarily. Yeah. At least I, I just don't know yet. Yeah, more will be revealed too. Like sure. maybe. Well, I, what the question I was thinking of when you were talking about this, and I don't even know if it's a fair question because as an artist myself, as as an actor, as a writer, is like when I'm focused on those parts of my lives, it's a weird question to get. Like, what kind of writing do you do? But. Mm-hmm. What it, what kind of comedy? What's your stand-up like? It's a lot of it's pretty autobiographical. It's very funny. Thanks, okay. man. I have yet to see it. That's I'd okay. love to come and it, see it sometime. It, it it'll all happen when it happens. Yeah, for sure. The I, it's autobiographical for the most part. I I don't. I am able to if I am going to talk about like a serious social issue. I find it's more important for me to couch it in something silly. Um, like uh, a bit I used to do just in uh, was I I talk. I talked about something that happened in college. Uh, this this woman, this girl, gave me a, a free cupcake. She asked me if I wanted a free cupcake. Of course, who doesn't want a free cupcake? But on the cupcake had a little piece of paper that said, "Did you know that one in six fetuses is aborted?" Oh Jesus! So this bitch gave me a pro life cupcake. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I so I go into this. I the 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 crux of the bit is that I what I did with the cupcake at that moment would say something about my stance on abortion. Uh. So that, so that's where I can couch this larger issue in something that is much more, uh, much more silly. And cause I think that's, uh, 
that's what I think that's what allows because I know what I look and sound like. You know, I'm a I'm a tall, relatively relatively good looking white dude. Um, I'm not. I don't have. I don't have a. I don't necessarily have like a like a podium where I'm not. There's not something. There's like a rallying cry that I'm really trying to throw right. out there. I'm not trying to. I don't know if I'm necessarily. If I can make people think about something a little bit differently, then cool. But like, I don't know if my comedy is going to be the 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 turning point for someone. Right. Uh, I'm. I, I hope that I can. You know show a new perspective on something, but I'm not like, I, I'm not trying to be like a folk hero. Yeah. I mean, that's a good humble position to take on your own. Yeah. yeah. But I, but I do want I do want to talk about things that are important, but I feel like if I can give it a sillier, you know, glaze, then yeah. perhaps it's a little bit, you know, more palatable. Right. So cool. a little more comfortable. Yeah, and also, and I also know that like, I I joke that my that I look like my goal is to be on money, like that's <laughs> <laughs> like Stuart I, I, Berenson Thompson. Yeah, no, I I, I I have a look and a name that kind of evokes that, and mm-hmm. so I also know that if there's a situation where I am kind of the the butt of a joke, not every joke is self-deprecating, but it, like the story about this woman wanting a shot of my cum. <laughs> or I, I, you know, I have a joke about getting shot at a gun range. Like, oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> like it allow if I if it's on me, then I find that the joke goes far better huh. than if I'm right. Yeah, and there you know, there's a lot of comedy that I see where people are trying to be right about something or on mm-hmm. the right side of history, and I think that's um, well, it's dishonest. That, it well, be, it's just it, like it's not funny. Yeah, because like. If you if you watch any sitcom, you know the person who's f- the f- who where the joke lands. That's usually the wrong person in the argument. Right, right. They're the person making the wrong argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it, and so I it just, it just sound, you know was was Joey from Friends ever the right side <laughs> of any argument? I think maybe once, but that's when he wasn't the funny one. That's yeah. when Chandler was funny. Like yeah. that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that like oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's just I I, I just don't. And if you want to go be right, go be an activist. We need them. Please go be an activist. But I I need. But so many comedians are trying to do both. You can I think you can yeah. do both, but just don't make your. You can do both, but you can't be funny while you're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I get. I, I and I know. At least in my experience, the comedians I've seen that are really active, like aggressively trying to do both, are not funny. Yeah, it's. I feel like it, it can come into cause. You, you you can be. I'm sure there's a way for you to be really good, and make it and make it work. But I feel like there's a there's one or two comedians where I've like that I've opened up for where they're like they're coming from a place of like, no, here's what's wrong. And I'm going to make fun of those people who are wrong. And that's, you can, I think you can make that work. But I think where it's just like, look at me, you know, look at me signal virtue to these other people who I want to attract me. That's just not, I I feel like it should just be funny first. Mm. But, but I mean, but at the end of the day, you know, Comedians are just, you know, a a, 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 a united band of loners. <laughs> and yeah. Like, so, I mean, everyone, everyone's going to kind of, everyone's kind of do what, going to do what they want. And I, I, I hope, I hope that the jokes end up, end up coming for those who are 
you're also trying to be right. Cool. What character defects have you worked on the most? Lately, it's been like uh, the expectations. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been, that's been such a, a huge thing to just overcome. And I, I don't think I'm over it yet, but I'm, I'm really. I'm For really, yourself? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm really good at not expecting what I expect out of myself out of others. Like, yeah. That's like good. I mean, that's progress. Yeah. Like, I mean, I do, I do deal also with like being judgmental, but like. Being judgmental is also a thing that like I kind of need for my career, mm-hmm. so it's like sure. I have to pass judgment on certain things, right? In order, but you to, can like, also decide how you want to treat other people too. Yeah, so I mean, I I do, I, I feel like I'm relatively decent at making that separation. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that I like. I'm pretty staunch about. I mean, there's a line between being judgmental and being a severe personality, right? Yeah. Like, where, or being a dick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I think there's a line there. Yeah, I don't. I don't put a lot of expectations on my students. I'm just like, just please, just please do your best. And that's kind of most of what I expect out of just people in general. It's like, just do your best. You know, if, if you feel like you can be better, try to be better. Um, you know, I. I've made, you know, I've drawn lines in the sand where I feel like I've needed to with people. And I, I feel like I've gotten better at like establishing boundaries. That's, I think before the expectations were, became like the main issue, yeah. I feel like boundaries was the the yeah, precursor. That's always, I feel like everyone's working on boundaries. Yeah. It's weird that I didn't hear the word boundaries in that context until maybe like two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't. Because you work in comedy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I work in comedy, and I also like not a lot of boundaries. How long have you been with Anna? Two years. Oh, yeah, oh okay. There yeah, there, there, there's yeah. the math. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like it's weird. I hear it so often that I feel like I would have heard it sooner. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. but you know, whatever. Yeah, don't judge it. <laughs> um, well, our, uh, see, that's me expecting it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how candid, like, you're comfortable being. Like, you have an example of some boundaries that you've like been able to set, or that you're still working on. I'll give you. An, um, yeah, I had a. I was at an open mic um, a few, like, a week ago, and was looking over my notes. And this doesn't happen too often, but sometimes people. comics at open mics will interrupt you rudely Mm -hmm. not all the time most of them are pretty decent people because they're sensitive to other to the fact that they're around other comedians but like but sometimes people want to be you know be a little wild or you know also be another side of themselves and you know you know whatever they're trying to do they're they want to you know explore what they what the bounds of what they can Mm -hmm. do and this guy, while I'm looking at my notes, he started grabbing my shoe and started fiddling with my shoelaces. Like on stage? <laughs> no, 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 no. While I was sitting and before oh, the mic okay. even started. Oh, you're just sitting there with the, all the other. Just sit, yeah. looking at my notes. I'm I'm not around a lot of other people. I'm oh, just, okay. Just sitting. I'm just sitting, looking at my notes on my phone, and just fiddling with my shoelaces. And and to make it clear, this person is not my friend. <laughs> yeah. It's not like we can't be friends, but we are just not friends. Yeah, I bear. I, I've seen this person around. Comedy is full of a lot of acquaintances, yeah. and I just don't know him that well. 
I know him through other people. We've maybe shaken hands a few times, but like that doesn't mean I know you. That doesn't mean that you're allowed to interfere with my personal space. Right. In like a very aggressive way. It wasn't yeah. even like he came up and like clapped you on the shoulder or something. He like no. went straight no, for what? the feet. Yeah. Went straight for my shoes and just like with your shoes. Yeah. Was he just well And and I and I sit and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very weird. <laughs> what are you doing? Because what the fuck was he doing? I have no idea. He didn't. What did he, he say? There's no explanation. And, there. and he's like, "Hey, man, I'm just, I'm just kidding around." And that's and, weird, though. And and yeah. and I and I'm just like, I'm dumbfounded. Yeah. And I'm and I'm just I go back to my notes and he's like, "Man, you gonna get offended by that?" And I'm like, and I li- I, I I said, "I'm not offended. I'm just uncomfortable." <laughs> and he's like man that's he's like you get offended that's sad man and like and it's like no because and i'm i don't mean to generalize but i'm going to generalize right now like i'm a white guy this is an african-american person if i messed with his shoes it would look very different hmm. and it would not go over well because i would be upsetting his personal space um, there's plenty of black comics that I know who care a lot about their shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, a, it's a cult, it's a cultural thing. Sneaker, you know, sneakers can be important to certain people. Shoes are important to me too. I don't like people fucking with my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that, I think that's a, so I, fair thing. so yeah. And I didn't talk, I didn't talk to him the rest of the night. It's not like it got brought up again. I was, I was interested to see if I, when I got called up on stage, if he was going to like bother me about Heckle it. You, yeah. Yeah. But he didn't. <clears throat> I also made sure to like come with jokes mm-hmm. and be in the moment and be present to it. So like, and I was doing all right considering it was an open mic. So like that kind of helps as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're bombing, then that can open you up to vulnerability. And right. People, can, people feel like they can insert themselves. Sure. But yeah, it's just like I think a I think a younger me and a lesser me would have been like, oh no, it's okay, man. Yeah. Yeah, you would have let it slide, even though you were disturbed yeah. by it somehow. Yeah, I don't I don't care about that now. That's a form of honesty, like higher level honesty that you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't care about that now. You if you like I don't care about le- <laughs> I don't care about leaving situations as much. Like I have a little bit of tact, like. Like I don't mind leaving a show in the middle of it. Sure. I, I, I maybe wait if it's a small room. I maybe wait until someone's finished right. to leave. But like yeah. I went to an open mic to just check it out last night, and I and it was not my scene, and so I just like I waited until someone was done and I left. Yeah. It's like I didn't. I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel the pressure to stay for things anymore. Right. Because I'm, I'm worried I might like upset someone. It's like mm. no, I gotta go. You go, you go live your life. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I think to your point, it is, um, I've, I've only recently come into a way wider acceptance of people and my own boundaries. And so when to be offended by somebody's specific boundary is always like a kind, almost a laughable thing for me now. It's like, no, of course that is where their that's where their comfort's at. Yeah. You know, that's what they, th- that's what works for them. I... I mean, I probably would have, like, I'm just going to use this as a, like, a general example, but like, I may not have been offended. I personally may not have been offended by some guy dealing with my shoes or like whatever it is. Like I get to like be, be clear about it. Yeah. 
um, that's what it is. Like the the clear uh, being clear about it is uh, is yeah. what is important and like what is uh, to be respected. I think right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't need, the, I don't need this person to like me. Yeah, I don't need them to care about my comedy. Right. There's some guy at an open mic that's like just, fucking I, with your shoes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this is this is an office environment. It's very lax. We're in a building where you can you can drink beer and you can perform on stage and you can say whatever you want and you can talk to all kinds of people. You don't have there's no dress code. But this is an office. Yeah, people yeah. are working. It's I'm, your workplace. Yeah. I'm working. Yeah, exactly. Right now. I sp- I waited all day for this. I worked another job yeah. so I can Do you work. Do how many this shitty job. kids I had to tutor yeah. <laughs> to get here? I had to work with three teenagers, uh. none of whom want me to be there to help them mm. so that you could mess with my shoes. Yeah. That I earned money to pay for. What kind of shoes were they? <sighs> That's a good question. I'm trying to remember which shoes I had. Oh, they're sneakers. Adidas yeah. sneakers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And white with the color stripe, or no? They're um, they're black with white stripes. Okay, but like, again, I mean, they're like, it's just like, can you be a can you be a fucking adult? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's that's where I think that's where I I'm I'm still a little bit staunch about like and a little judgmental is like comedy does require people to engage indulge their childlike tendencies, right? Okay, but that doesn't mean you get to be a fucking child. <clears throat> you still got to be an adult. Yeah, and it's and I it's like you know if you play sports. I don't mind you having an attitude on the field as long as you don't have an attitude off the field. Mm-hmm. But right now we were at that point we were off the field. We were in the office, but we were off the field. And it's like if you want to be crazy and childlike and you know, put on a performance when when it's your time to perform, that's fine. But afterward, you got or before you got to be a fucking adult. Yeah. And I just I have no, I have no patience for that anymore. All right, don't touch Stuart's shoes. Yeah. Noted. Yeah. I was going to do some lace fondling later. <laughs> you can do them while they're not on his feet. Yeah, though. I guess that's okay. <laughs> go, go find some other mark for that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> some other mark. Work out your weird foot fetish. Oh, yeah. man. Well, we're crossing the head. It's not even right. a foot. It's a foot jacket fetish. It's a good transition into how do you experience forgiveness. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's perfect. Hmm. If someone has the if someone has the uh, temerity to say they're sorry, then that that does mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Just the effort, yeah, or that, the intention. That acknowledgement of intention it. is important. As someone who cares about language, intention is important. Mm-hmm. But, they also, but the intention has to be recognized for sure. Right. So it has to be clear. It has to. You got to mean it. But and, what about forgiving people that don't apologize to you? Yeah. Where you are still hurt by them? Um, that's a good question. I because there's a couple people in my life, you know, peers of mine that have and like and like a, a relationship that ended poorly, mm-hmm. where the person didn't apologize and. I don't know if it's pity. 
I guess it is. But like, there, like there was a guy who I went to school with. I played soccer with a lot, and he he was very he was a condescending person to me, and he made me feel like I wasn't welcome on the teams that we that we were both playing on, um, because I was not good enough or whatever. And, but. I knew through social circles that he came from a broken home. His parents are divorced. His mom was a drunk, um, like out and out drunk. You could see it on her face. It was just like, it was clear. And his brother was kind of like a golden boy in Mm. just our small town. And, and I think he was probably living in his shadow a little bit. So I, I, I knew he was kind of dealing with other stuff that was out of either of our control. So I didn't, I didn't really stand up to him in a, in like a cinematic way. Right. Like a, you know, like a huge I, confrontation. Or no, anything. I kind of just disregarded That's him. Kind of a separation. Yeah. I'm just distancing. like, yeah, I'm just like quiet, quietly on my head. I'm just like, fuck off. It's like, that's right. Just try to ignore him. Um, which is not easy, but like I made it through, I guess. And he never apologized for his behavior. Um, I, I would have, I would have liked that at some point. I'm sure I, I, if he were to offer it now, I guess I, I guess I would accept it because that it's a long time coming, but, um, it's not like he, you know, gave me a swirly or anything like that. It's just like, just a general, it was just a general, Antagonism. Yeah, he just didn't treat you well. Yeah, I did nothing to uh, to to get that mm-hmm. treatment either. And it, but I also know his his mom his mom died of her alcoholism, like, and not in a dignified way either. She she died in her car on the side of a freeway. She's like she had a heart attack and pulled over and died. So at a certain point, I mean, I know he, you know, he has, you know, he has to live in that world. Right. So it's like, I know that's not an apology, but the, the very small part of me that's like, there's a small part of me that's like a little vengeful. Right. Cause when, when you have a bully, you want to, you want to get revenge on your bully. And it's oh, like, totally. It's like, no, he got it already. He got, he had a, he, he has a, he doesn't have a great life. He doesn't have his mom anymore. So would you say that a part of forgiveness might be taking into consideration who that person who offended you is and what their life is like and what maybe where the, like that might be what they were reacting to and just maybe they took it out on you or. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, my, my mom helped me a little bit with it. Like they're. There was some, like she would, because she was a little bit more aware of like, you know, how other people right, lived. And yeah. like she would be like, you know, someone's being insecure right now. She she didn't always explain what insecure meant. Yeah. But like, she's like, you know, this person has a tough life. Yeah. Forgiveness through the act of empathy. Yeah. So I, I've, I, I've, I have, I've been, I, my empathy gets better and better with every year. 
So I don't really, I don't really have like active disdain for people. I'm, I'm more of the disdain I have was more for like institutions that I feel like don't need to be around, but that's not, that's another story. Like the federal reserve. (laughs) Um, NASA. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Sorry. They got to come back to earth. Um, no, the, um, (laughs) never a straight answer. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> that's a terrible, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but I mean, I think there was one, yeah, and there there was a guy in college who I, I never really got an idea of his home life or where he was coming from, but I feel like he had some insecurities. He was one of those guys who was like, he was a, a short guy who was really buff. Yeah. Like, we know that trope of person. Yes. Yeah. I, I was, I'm always astonished that they. Like a French bulldog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm always astonished they still make that guy. You know what I mean? Like, like they still they still have this type of person. Okay. <laughs> like, I thought that model went out of style long ago. Okay. But yeah, he he was he was he was a piece of shit too. But like, so I I mean I guess he was being insecure, but I never really got the the details of his insecurity. So so it's hard for me to be as forgiving for him. But you know, I just. I hope his life is more meaningful than his musculature. <laughs> yeah. So what has been your most surprising or interesting, like apology or act of forgiveness or that you've given or received or Are you talking about ninth step kind of stuff? Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, where I I'm trying to think of it, if it's an apology I've given or one I've received. Mm. Um. Um. Well, the uh, we, there's a we're in we're in my we're in my place. There's this painting here that you mm-hmm. were talking about before the podcast. So the the artist who um, I don't know if I want to mention the artist because I don't want to because I'm mentioning a character defect about him. Uh, <laughs> But my, the artist who painted this is kind of a fickle person. Mm-hmm. He's very, and I, before I got this painting, he gave me a different painting. Uh, I bought it off him, but he gave, he didn't sell it to me for very much because mm-hmm. you know, we were, were friendly and he's like, this is my, this is one of my favorite paintings. I'd like you to have it. And um, so I bought it often, but it wasn't it wasn't stretched onto it was canvas, but it wasn't stretched onto a uh, uh, right the yeah the uh, plat I don't know, a platform is not the word yeah um, it wasn't mount mounted. it wasn't mounted yeah it wasn't mounted it didn't have a, a framework to it so so I just kind of had it like rolled up um, in my house and he and he offered to stretch it uh, mm. for me at no cost to me because stretching it was like a four by it's it was big like this it was like mm-hmm. like this is about four by four foot the the paint the other painting was like four by six feet or something like that big piece of piece of work but it's beautiful and it was like abstract and it was interesting and i like his work and um but yeah he had um uh he had taken he had taken months to uh you know, to get stretched, but I also knew he was also doing it for free. And I said, you know, after a while I, I had, a- after asking about it and him not being very responsive, I was like, you know what? Hey, I just like the, I'd like the painting back and I'll just, I'll find a different way to hang it. You don't need to stretch it. No big deal. Mm-hmm. I just like to, I'd like to hang it in my house. And he, 
Uh, and he got very frustrated with me. And maybe I was in the wrong for pressing him about it, but like, I don't, I honestly don't feel like I was. I bought the painting. It's mine. Yeah. Um, it's not his anymore. But he's, he got very precious about his art and how he wanted it to be presented. And he's like, you can't have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm taking, uh, no one can have it. Wow. And I'm like, what? I was like, I paid you money for this. Not much money, but I paid him for it. And he was so difficult to deal with in that moment. I'm like, you know what? You can keep the money. You can keep the painting. I don't want to fucking talk to you. I'm done, dude. I'm done. And a year or so, a year or two went by, and he said, hey, man, I'd like to make this right. I have another painting that I think you might be interested in. You can have it. It's on the house. And we'll be square. Hmm. Okay, can I... And I'm like, all right. I thought about it because I was like, I don't even know if I want to engage right. with them. Yeah. Because I see them on occasion, but I was just like, I didn't... I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk to him again. I just didn't want to open that wound. Hmm. Yeah. And um, I said, all right, can I see it? Can I see the painting? And he showed me and it was this painting here. And I was like, you know, it's pretty cool. It's lovely. Yeah. It, it's a really cool painting. I yeah like that a lot yeah it, to describe it to the listener it's like if a tree could be made out of noise yeah yeah um it's very abstract but colorful it's very colorful and that's why i like about him he's abstract and he's colorful and it's very bold and yeah soft edges yeah and circular I, squiggles and he had it how much you want for it <laughs> priceless <laughs> uh no but he, he also had it mounted and, and he said yeah you just come by and pick it up and um, and he was much nicer about it, and he seemed calmer about it. Maybe he's working on his stuff too. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So um, that's beautiful, and yeah. it worked out. Yeah, yeah. Like and you have this like lovely piece of art to show for it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just gotta get hung up. Yeah. So hang it up, bitch. Yeah. You want help? I got a handyman. He brings his dog. It's real cute. I got. A, <laughs> okay. I got. A, I got a stud finder. We'll figure. Oh, okay. It out. Cool. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's stud finder yeah stud I, finder. but yeah so that, that that was that was a relatively recent and notable moment of uh apology and forgiveness yeah i, I dig that i i like that story a lot Thanks. actually that's really cool to you know when i was asked that question i was thinking about how i mended fences with somebody i would i didn't even think to consider like what's a good story of me receiving the sure Mine was both at the same time. Oh, really? Because my mom and I made amends to each other at the same time after oh, we cool. got sober. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, super gay. What's your like spiritual practice on a day-to-day basis, if you have one? Or um, I used to do the... You familiar with the artist way? Yep. Yeah, yeah. so like I, I used to do that. Oh, for sure. Pretty regularly. Um, I should probably get back into it, honestly, just like get back into writing things mm. just to get the creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I, I try to, it's, it, I feel like it's pretty basic, but I do, I try to, you know, do s- some exercise a couple times a week, whether between playing soccer, going to the gym, riding my bike, playing racquetball. Mm-hmm. Like those are kind of like my four active things right. that I can and enjoy doing. <laughs> Anna said you could teach me how to play racquetball. Yeah, I'll show you how. Okay. It's, um, 
It's a. I, I'm trying to tr- figure out like how to transition into being able to play old man sports. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. <laughs> like, I feel like riding my bike and racquetball are like things that I'll be able to do even when I'm 80. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you if you ever want to watch like a Zen practice, watch an old man play racquetball at the gym. Huh. <laughs> it's because racquetball. I used to love watching guys, old guys play racquetball. At the yeah, because you've never seen racquetball. Racquetball is like it's tennis in a panic room. Okay. And you're in these these walls there's one glass panel that mm-hmm. you enter through and then there's these four and it's very tall and like you know it feels it feels almost like you're in a, a nut house yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have a racket yeah and a, <laughs> and, um, and a friend <laughs> a friend who quickly becomes your enemy yeah <laughs> uh, and you play and I mean, even if you're playing at a low intensity like it, it gets intense very quickly because yeah. you have to follow this very small ball and even if you have if you're as good at geometry as i am as a as a tutor mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's hard to follow yeah and, sure and you gotta you know, keep track of how many bounces and you really if you're not careful you can get thrown into these really contorting positions mm-hmm. Like chasing the ball, chasing the ball, and you you're you're losing your breath real quick. But if you, but if you watch an old man play, who knows where he's supposed to stand, that guy doesn't move one step, and it's like he's doing tai chi. Wow! (laughs) And he's and he's hitting the ball low into the corners, which is like the right right where you need to do to get it to where it's almost impossible. Yeah, Yeah. it's almost impossible to get it back. (laughs) Like he he's just and. He's just swaying in this way. It's very fluid motion. So it'd be cool to get to eventually get to a point where I can play racquetball like that. Um, as far as creativity is concerned, like I, I try to do something that benefits my career every day. Because mm-hmm. if I'm moving one step forward every day, then that means I'm, um, you know, a mile ahead, you know, year to year. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't get up every night anymore just because my career or my my tutoring and just the mics that are available with my schedule and the shows that i book it's like i'm not always booked every night right so and i'm just not at that level yet so but i consider you know doing a podcast this is something creative so i did something creative today um and i average you know i average at least a set a night over the course of the year and I've been doing that since I moved to LA. So that's been almost seven years now. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I keep track of every set, every radio appearance, every time I've performed and been funny in some way, or on or on a microphone. That's that's a set. Yeah. So, whenever I record my podcast or uh, or I'm a guest or whenever I'm on stage doing a mic or show, record every one I've done, and I've. In nearly ten years of comedy, I've done approximately thirty-three hundred sets. So, like, that I, sounds I, like a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and it doesn't. For some people, that that kind of stuff doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like a nice way to sort of like quantify where I'm at career-wise. Right. And I look back at the sets, and I, you know, I, I also, if I get paid, I, I I record how much I got paid for how much amount of time I was yeah. asked to do. Because that ratio is interesting to me, right? I, it's for my math brain. It's kind of a nice way to like give this very subjective field. Um, yeah, you're quantifying some, progress and yeah, success. Also, yeah. to bring back an old point, like from earlier in the conversation, this is where routine can serve you, yeah. right? As a within a spiritual practice, within yeah. a, building a career, 
routine is, uh, I would imagine, is pretty essential. Yeah, and I'm, I'm feeling, I'm act- and I'm feeling very optimistic about this new living situation that Anna and I have, um, because um, I think, I think it was sort of a long time coming, and but you know, just the way life works, it's you know, sometimes it doesn't happen until a certain moment. And yeah. I, but I think we're at a point where we. It, it'll be good for us to have the same home base. And mm. I think that'll allow us both to have a stronger routine and hopefully a stronger life together. Yeah. You guys are going to move closer to me though, right? Uh, yeah, I think eventually but the apartment I mean, next to me is still open. Okay. I mean like next in the like next my, building or no like, like the next the like the door next to mine oh wow oh, wow yeah well um i mean we'll keep it in mind for sure because i, I I'm think just, that's fine. no i mean okay. <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it yeah sure yeah cosmo move in i think um yeah i mean i don't know where exactly we're gonna end up i mean it's i'm i, I do like where we're at right now and i i want to see how this situation works for us mm-hmm because I think it's, I think it'll be productive, and I think it'll be very, just very telling. Yeah. How we, how we function in this. So. Oh, for sure, you're gonna learn real quick. Mm-hmm. How and that's I, gonna go. But I think, but I think it's gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's gonna be great. Thank you. Hell yeah. If it starts going downhill, I'll let you know. If she starts talking shit about you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Hi. Yeah. Stuart, red flags. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Um. Know. Do you have a relationship with like a higher power or some kind of? I th- I take comfort in the fact. This is another way I take comfort in like the sort of chaotic nature of like big things, and I kind of am able to surrender to something larger. Like I I don't I take comfort in the fact that I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I just I have this feeling that things tend to work out the way they're supposed to. Yeah, and that may be because. And that may be coming from a place of privilege. I'm a straight white dude in America. Things work out pretty well for us, yeah. <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways. But I also, but I also know that, like, even when things have been rough, think I come out the other side, or other people come out the other side better for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, in spite of all the crazy stuff that's going on right now, I think our country is going to come out on the other side better for it yeah but it's even if it's but even if it's dark right now i think it'll be okay for it's got to burn so it can grow back that's true yeah get those get the get the nitrogen back in the soil yeah so but yeah i'm i don't know i i don't i don't really like it when it when you know, I was, like did you have you didn't really have like a religious upbringing or anything like that right? No, I grew up pretty secular. Yeah. Um, mm. My family celebrates Christian holidays like Christmas and Easter, but it's right. really, it's just an excuse to spend time with family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're just family gathering events. Yeah. It's not. We don't go to church. The only time I went to church was when I was sleeping over at a friend's house, and he had to go to church the next oh, day. Okay. And I didn't want to get picked up at seven a.m. Right. Like, <laughs> like can we get can I get picked up at eleven? I'll deal with the the mass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I get I've I don't even know if I've been to a Seder or like a Passover, you know, kind of thing. I've, I've fucked a lot of Jews, and I will say that like <laughs> those are probably my favorite, like yeah. the Jewish holidays. Oh, yeah. I'm sure like, they're great. They're they're like a very lively and mm-hmm. fun. It's like yeah. Catholic holidays are like maybe that's because I grew up with Catholic holidays and like mass and stuff. Yeah, I'm like ugh. Hit me up in March. I, I'm I was raised in a, in a Jewish family. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, well, we where's my it. invitation? Is it March? I'm gonna talk to I'm just gonna talk to Ivy. I you know should. where she lives. I'm just gonna go oh, yeah. over there and be like, "Hey, hit her up." Yeah, that's my mom. <laughs> yeah, okay. sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> it's okay. The um, yeah, the I'm, I'm sure they're great. I I, but I do I do believe in family. I do believe mm-hmm. that family is really important to have, and yeah. it doesn't have to be like your biological family. It can be chosen family. Yeah, but having sure. like but having like a family unit that you see regularly. Mm-hmm is really important because I think I don't think I would be I would have the foundation that I have if I didn't have my family yeah those are important relationships to build yeah and my and I'm lucky that my family and I get along really well you know we yeah your mom sounds amazing my mom's a powerful woman and in many ways Mm -hmm. today's her birthday actually oh wow wow. yeah Um, what'd you get her uh, I'm gonna get her what I always get her um, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna see her in a week. So oh, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna take it up when I go see her. But I always get her um, bubble bath, like a, a bath oil. Oh, okay. From, uh, what the? F- what's the the brand? Bath and Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I get her a bath bomb. <laughs> no, there's a special bath oil, and I, I'm I'm forgetting the name of Body it. Body Works. No, it's it's like I have to go to like Nordstrom. It's fancier than that. Oh no, it's like I am so cheap. I'm sorry. No, it's like it's my mom. My mom is very refined taste, yeah, and for sure. it's like. Tw- you know twice a year i get this for for christmas and her birthday and it's like That's awesome but yeah it's like it's like because she, she my mom my mom takes a bath every day really every day wow that's her that's her ritual okay yeah. but like that's how she i mean she's a she she works a lot and that's how she relaxes okay so, right on but yeah i mean i i you know having powerful women in my life is helpful you know, because that's what I was raised with. I was raised with women who get shit done, and but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't go to church. I don't. I, yeah. I, pl- I play soccer on Sundays. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I go to a comedy club almost every night. <laughs> that's my church. Yeah, yeah it's right. laughter is my god. The religion yeah. of comedy and soccer. Yeah, I go, I go, I go confess to this to these strangers. Yeah, <laughs> and I, and I, and I let myself you know relax on the field it's like i have my ways yeah i just i don't think you need to go to like a building that everyone else goes to right and i, and I don't think you need morality i don't you need, i don't think you need religion to have morality mm-hmm. true i think that's i think that's a a huge misstep that people right the one that's a prerequisite to. one's prerequisite for the other yeah it's you know, people you know you can believe whatever whatever text you want to believe, but I mean, like, that's, I think that's a trap that those the the people who edited that text, yeah, um, can, uh, you know, trap people with. It's yeah, a trap. It's a, it's a huge misnomer, though. And like, there's so many, so much types of immorality within yeah. the church, within Judea, like within religions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And those are misrepresentations and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I don't know if I've found... I mean, I think there's plenty of ways to find salvation. Um, like, Anna and I just got a uh, a three-inch memory foam mattress pad. Oh, God, put. she was telling me about that. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm telling you, man, I that I may pray to the guy who made that thing. Can I like, try it out later? I just want to lay on you, it. Sure. Okay. You can, you, can, you, can, you can feel it. Like, it's... it's. I mean, we're just like, I don't... I can't sit on that bed if I'm not ready to go to sleep, right. uh, you can't yeah. get back up. So I'm, I may pray to that company. Like, <laughs> like I don't, I, I don't sure. know, man. 
Like it's, I think it's, I think that can come from a lot of sources. Yeah. yeah. All right. For sure. Last one. Sure. Ready? Sure. Get into it. So uh, if someone were listening to this, that was exactly like you, what would you want to like say to them? Or like your younger self or something like. It's going to be okay. Whatever, whatever's bothering you right now, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Nothing is as important as you are making it seem. Or as anyone would claim to tell you it is. Yeah. You know, the, the more I travel, the more I, the more I live, the more I realize that we're all kind of the same. No matter where we go across political boundaries, across cultural boundaries, across, you know, actual, you know, country boundaries that we've, that we drew hundreds of years ago. Those are, we're all, we all kind of want the same things. We, we want to, we want to live well. We want to be around people we care about. We want to maybe have a little bit of actual or social currency to be able to, you know, live a little. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good time. That's really it. I, I, I notice it when I go on the road and meet people, everyone kind of wants the same thing. They just maybe go about it slightly different ways. And it's really not that different. So, it, I mean, the more I live, the more I can kind of detach from like the minutia of, you know, re of what people would claim to be our huge issues. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, I think um, I would also tell that person to spend less time online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We could all use that advice. Um, I feel like I should do that now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not worth it. So go, true. go talk to someone in real life. Was AOL chat rooms. <laughs> AOL chat rooms. Yeah, man. Yeah. Get, get off of the feed. Get off the feed. Unplug. It's- yeah, I get off of social media. I mean, it's weird because it's it's like a thing that the thing that entertainers like need, I guess, to you know connect with fans or whatever. Right. But it's a marketing tool. Yeah, it's a marketing tool. Let people know what you're doing. But it's just it's now become I call Facebook the yelling. The yelling. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's like so the, the the best thing I've done for myself in the past year was get rid of my facebook yeah and i think and i'm 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 on it less and less i i just i really just use it so i can reach out to people and you know book shows and things right. like that and but i'm not really on it to like post things right i don't really post things you're not on. going on rants about like oh thank god no yeah, yeah and the other thing I, I mean i don't do i and i, I i'm lucky that I it's not the uh, the joe k version of facebook yeah <laughs> well i mean there's tons of people that Air their grievances. Oh, no, Facebook. no. I just, I just love like, Joe's rants the best because they're cute. Sure. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I I didn't fall prey to this because I, I kind of learned early, but like, you know, don't air your grievances online because you're not going to find answers there. Right. Go talk and to And people someone. change their minds and you want just like that weird people record People change their minds like 75 times a day. Yeah. Yeah. And We're the more. internet, the internet's also permanent. Yeah. Like yeah. it's all just there. It's it's there and it's not going away, and it's just um, 
I think the answers are in spending time with other people. Yeah. 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 And I know I, in my darker moments, cut myself off from people. I don't spend yeah. time around Isolate. Others. Yep. And it's, it's so common for people to do that. It's hacky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's so just, it, you'll feel better the minute you do it, but you got to go out, you got to go outside, go walk around, go talk to somebody, make conversation with a cashier at a convenience store. doesn't yeah. matter. Just somebody. Hmm. Um, and if you're, and if you're nice and you are genuine, no one can really, no one can mess with that. Yeah. They, they will. We'll try for sure. <laughs> but it's, it, it isn't, it's not gonna, it's not gonna affect you. They're only, they're, if they are messing with you, it's really just because they want to give you attention. Yeah. The way they only they know how. Yeah. And, you know, with comedians, that's a, that's a fucking like, yeah, start fucking with your shoes. For sure. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Lace fiddling. And, you know, maybe, maybe cut people slack if they fuck with your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's solid. A good lesson for us all. Totally. Yeah. So how do you feel? Yeah, pretty good. Doing it? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's solid. I liked it. Yeah. Thanks for letting us, uh, interview i think yeah. anna's waiting outside in her car oh wow cool. oh really yeah thanks for the peek inside you sure yeah no problem man i uh, i'm i hope it was uh i hope it was i hope it was interesting no it definitely was i had a good time thanks yeah this was great do you want to cool. like give out any shout outs or anything um or if, like handles or sure. shows or uh if you want to find more of me uh you can follow me on twitter and instagram at Stuart b thompson that's Stuart with you uh that's a b you, for berenson yeah b, <laughs> b for berenson uh i just need to know the b though yeah uh, you can you can go to my website stuarttompsoncomedy.com or uh you can also listen to my podcast which is uh, it's a ver- it's a podcast version of my live late night talk show, which I do every month at the Hollywood Improv Lab uh, with my buddy Luke, and uh, it's called the Late Night Podcast with Stuart and Luke. The live show is the Late Night Show mm-hmm. with Stuart and Luke. So if you want to see either of those things, the show is the last Saturday of every month at eleven at the Improv in Hollywood, and uh, the podcast comes out every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts. Awesome! So it's going to be on the twenty seventh this month. Uh, yeah, it'll be on the twenty seventh. So you're gonna go from the MJ Halloween party to the uh, yeah. We're show. gonna we're gonna make it work. Um, well, it's, it'll be earlier in the evening for sure. Yeah, because it's like you know. Yeah, and if you want to know more about that show, it's at the L Eight Night Show on cool. Twitter and Instagram. Late Night Show. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, thanks for again for doing this, story. Of course, That's thanks great. for having me. Appreciate it. I forget how she wraps it up, but I don't care because it's the Jared and fucking Cosmo yeah, this is the version Cosmo. episode. So uh, you're awesome. Thank you for doing this. Of course. Let's go get Anna because I'm sure she's probably starving and full of energy right now. Let's Let's go. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Yeah. Bye.